93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. Tuesday, February 2nd. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf issued a disaster emergency as a major winter storm continues to dump snow across the region. More than 20 inches of snow has fallen in some areas of the Commonwealth since the storm started on Sunday night. In Lehigh Valley, plow trucks were everywhere. Uh, They're saying they're doing the best they can to clear the main roads. In Montgomery County, crews were managing a mixture of snow and sleet, making the roads icy. At points Monday, plow trucks switched over to spreading salt and brine to keep the roads from icing over. Motorists are urged to avoid travel again today if possible, but if travel is necessary, use caution, reduce speeds, and be aware of the changing weather conditions. PennDOT implemented the Tier 1 of the Commonwealth's weather event vehicle a restriction plan on all interstates in the Philadelphia area, which means uh, tractor trailers or any vehicle towing a trailer, motorhomes, buses, uh, and motorcycles are not permitted on the Schuylkill 95, 295, the Blue Route, and 676. The mm. Tier 1 and speed restriction will remain in place until the conditions warrant their removal. And I believe all vehicles have to do in-home learning today, correct? Is that the deal? <laughs> yeah. Uh, a state of emergency will remain in effect for New Jersey as well on Tuesday due to the winter storm. Governor mm. Phil Murphy announced the uh, with plenty of snow already and more expected to arrive. Dangerous travel conditions are expected to continue throughout the Garden State, he said. Heavy snow, coastal flooding, and high winds are expected to continue across the state and into tomorrow, Governor Murphy said on Monday afternoon. I urge all of our residents to follow weather-related guidance and stay off of the roads in order to allow access for essential workers and emergency personnel. New Jersey's State police said as of 7 p.m. last night, so this was last night, it wasn't even through the evening, troopers responded to more than 600 crashes and more than 1,000 calls to help uh, drivers who were stuck because of the storm. I noticed, I guess it's around 9.30 last night, you know, you see one type of plow come through the area normally, and they had some big bad boy vehicles snow plowing last night. I, I don't know if you guys had the upgrade, but we certainly did in our area. Uh, state officials, uh, sorry, state offices will be closed on Tuesday, though Murphy notes this does not impact weather essential employees. Plow drivers have been working around the clock in New Jersey, they said. In addition, all six vaccine mega sites in the state will be closed today. Uh, the schedules for those sites have been changed with rescheduling dates on the books. Uh, not snow nor a pandemic will keep Punxsutawney Phil from emerging from his borough to forecast whether there will be six more weeks of winter or an early spring. The spectacle that is Groundhog Day, a gobbler's knob in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, will still go on. But because of the coronavirus pandemic, uh, they won't be able to see uh, Punxsutawney Phil in person this year. It'll be all virtual. Okay. Steven, somebody, like, there's nobody out there, and they just see this groundhog pop up. They got a gun, so take him out. Earl, kill it! (laughs) That vermin. Uh, Yeah, gosh. Gosh, imagine if we had some extra winter. Everything else <laughs> everything else has been going so well. Well, they said that he has predicted in the middle of a snowstorm before, so we'll yeah. see. F him. Beginning at 6.30 this morning, uh, people can log on and listen to winter and spring-inspired Spotify playlists while learning how to make uh, wiggle whiskey cocktails at ho- an at-home... Wiggle whiskey. Cra- Wait, an at-home crafts. We Ooh. should log on. Kathy, please. 
including the official cookie of Groundhog Day. Uh, then, of course, Punxsutawney Phil will emerge at dawn either to find his shadow or not. If he sees it, six more weeks of winter. If he doesn't, spring comes early. The live stream from Gobbler's Knob, a tiny hill just outside of Punxsutawney, about 65 miles northeast of Pittsburgh, is made possible by the Pennsylvania Tourism Office offices, Holly Stay, Pennsylvania. The event is always February 2nd and dates back to 1887. The annual event has its origin in a German legend about a furry road records dating back to the late 1800s show yeah. that Phil predicted longer winters more than 100 times. The 2020 forecast called for an early spring. However, Phil didn't say anything about a pandemic. Punxsutawney Phil may be the most famous groundhog, but he's not the only one. I didn't know there were other groundhogs, actually. Yeah. Staten Island Chuck will be asked to, oh, uh, on Tuesday at 8 a.m. Yeah, I think we're going to have some more winter. I, I know. Uh, he's at the Staten Island Zoo in New York. The event will be streamed on Facebook since the zoo is closed. They're just trying to rip off. Yeah. Right. Our, our thing, knock oh, it yeah. off. And then there's How about all- a Staten Island cheesesteak next. Yeah. There's also Connecticut's Chuckles, who's the official state groundhog, and he'll make a prediction from his home, which is at the Lutz Children's Museum in Manchester. Uh, that will be streamed on Facebook. However, apparently Chuckles died in uh, September, oh. so they're not sure who's coming out today. <laughs> well, that'll make the, the selection easier. <laughs> Didn't we have Gary Lauer one year come out of his RV to, to predict? Yes, we did. that's right. Yeah, we did. That, that worked. I, I think he was accurate. Do you think that Staten Island Chuck had Chuckles whacked by any chance back Quite in possible. September? Okay. Absolutely, yeah. Casey. Yeah, yeah. I know he's connected. To a crime family. Yep. <laughs> Casey, you're right. He, he just may have. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Six more weeks of winter or not. We'll find out later this morning. In sports this morning. <laughs> We've got the video of when uh, Gary Lauer came out of his RV, and I was thinking when you said that, I'm like, I vaguely remember that. I think we did do that. That oh my gosh, that was probably so funny. I was there. I'm you outside of the, the RV. I was the correspondent. Yeah. Good to know. Uh-huh. After the Major League Baseball Players Association rejected a proposal by MLB to delay the start of the season, the league said it would start spring training and the regular season as scheduled. Spring training will begin on February 17th, and April 1st will be opening day. The desire to delay the season is based on the recommendation of health experts and the likelihood that doing so would enable the 2021 season to be held when COVID-19 cases cases have dipped, particularly in Arizona, which is currently uh, the country's highest, has the country's highest rates, and it's where half of the league holds spring training. The Sixers and Flyers were both off last night, and neither team plays again until tomorrow night. The Sixers, who were in first place in the Eastern Conference, with a record of 15-6, and six, will be in Charlotte to play the Hornets, and the Flyers, who have won four games in a row and are in second place in the Eastern Division with a record of two uh, seven, two, and one will be at home to face the Boston Bruins. And at a game in Atlanta, four courtside fans, including at least one who was not covering her face with a mask, were ejected from last night's game between the LA Lakers and the Hawks following an argument with Lakers star LeBron James. Juliana Carlos, who later posted on social media, and her husband Chris Carlos exchanged words with James in the fourth quarter of the visiting Lakers win, prompting the ejection. Juliana posted a video on her Instagram account showing the scene shortly after arena security personnel and one of the referees, Mitchell Irvin, intervened. She can be heard saying, shut the F up, don't talk to my husband like that, oh while standing on the sideline with her mask pulled down below her chin. Any idea what it was about? Yeah. Uh, 
they were bitching at LeBron, and um, LeBron didn't care for it. Uh, but after the game, LeBron said he didn't think that they should have been ejected. Nick, were, they, were they absolutely courtside? Oh, yeah. So Atlanta- they that? Well, who are these well-moneyed... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Atlanta's, Atlanta's allowing fans. There are a few teams in the league right now, mostly in southern cities, that are allowing um, fans to go to games, including Atlanta. So uh, this, these people have courtside seats. We're looking at a video of this. She doesn't look like a privileged bitch at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if we want to wow. get into it later, Preston, we got to listen to the audio on her Instagram account all because right, uh, you are 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. All right, and that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you, Kathy Romano. Finish out the music on that only happens every once in a while. Welcome. Hey, you'd mentioned uh, crafts, Kathy, to do. Yeah. Uh, Dennis got to do one this morning, <laughs> didn't craft. he? He got uh, to wake up and dig your car out this morning. Yeah, I got stuck in the snow. and uh, yeah, the In the part, intersection, and right? The part where I was stuck um, was like the way the plows go, it's like everything just was like piled in so the snow was like almost up to my knees yeah. and I had like I was like oh yeah well snow's over I'll put like my cute snow boots on today <laughs> instead of like my big ones that I'll wear you know if we go to cardboard classic or something so now I have like snow in my my boots my socks are wet she had to huff it you had to hoof it home yeah it, it wasn't it wasn't far, wasn't that far? At, at okay. all. no all it, right. it wasn't at all it was it sucked more for Dennis who had to wake up um, who doesn't have school today you know gets right. to sleep in right. nope not today yeah. so so uh, what, so you got I stuck. Took tow trucks, by the way. Yeah, like 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 pickup trucks with tow truck, not like the yeah. PennDOT ones. Drove by. You think maybe they would have like pushed a little snow out of the way for me? <laughs> I, no. Do you have a no, shovel in the vehicle? No. No. I told you I have like snacks. No, do, do you do you have? Does the vehicle have a the ability? It's it's an SUV. Yeah, it, it, I had it on the snow mode. Oh and, wow, yeah, it, that's you know pretty what, wild. It, it's like but a, that goes to show you you can't. You're not um, absolutely beyond getting stuck in the snow no matter what vehicle you have. Yeah, there was a dip in the road, and I know, like, anytime it, there's significant... <laughs> every time there's significant <laughs> snow, you got, like, you got to yes. power through yes. it. Yes, and, and, you and I, I knew that, and I just I didn't oh. power through enough. Oh. Yeah. So I got we need to We need to get you a little collapsible shovel for your yeah. uh, car. I mean, you were close enough to Homer Dennis to do it, but you might be further away next time when it happens, and you might have to dig yourself out. So yeah, you get and one it, of those. it was a decent amount. Have you seen this? Again, I was I was at a True Value the other day when I was going to buy my flamethrower, and have you seen the thing now that is, <laughs> it, it, it kind of, it breaks apart, it or unhooks, it is a tread, you just lay it out, uh, and it, it the whole purpose is, it's like a portable tread uh, um, to help you get traction in the snow. No, that that would be worth it, having. And it's like a super hard plastic. The tires won't crush it. Okay. But it, it, in exactly this case, you take it out. Put Play it in, it in front. Uh, the grip? Uh, we're not seeing... Thing, nah, it's a grip. little different. A little okay. different. Does it go around your it, tire? Is it, it kind of like what the... It um, goes in front of the tire. You just yeah. get it a little bit, you know, you, okay. you lay it down bit. in front of it and, and right. then you roll right. over. I, I, I mean, if you're in a pinch, you could, like, take your coat off or something like right. that to use it. But you don't want to do that, obviously. Yeah. But if you have something like that in the car, yeah, good idea. All right. All right. right. Maybe so, I'll get you that for Christmas, Candy. All <laughs> right. Well, listen, we have a few things going on this morning. Uh, we have no sad dough. We are in this final week of making this happen. Don't miss the opportunity. Uh, starts at 8 a.m. today and seven times throughout the course of the day. We have Tattoosday, so a chance for you to win a Preston and Steve tattoo is now available. All you have to do is text word tattoo to 39333. And uh, since, you know, a lot of people are staying home. You got a pretty good shot at winning today. Actually, all of it because things are going to be a little bit lighter in the way of traffic. Yeah. Um, and then we have a guest that we're very excited to speak to, a gentleman named Derek Del Guadio. And he has a show called In and of Itself, which is streaming on 
Uh, Hulu has also got a book that we're going to ask him about. It's a really interesting one-man show that is uh, very, very unique. So we'll talk to him later on this morning in the 9 o'clock hour. So we are going to do our best just to move things along. If you are going to stick with us, it'd be great. We'll keep you company no matter what you're doing, especially if you're out one of those crews. Crews are out still working very, very hard, obviously, and earning some money, which is good. That is good. Absolutely. Uh, But when we come back, the entertainment report, and I've set things up in a specific way because there's a lot of interesting stories this morning. I'll explain when we get back. So we're going to return the stupid question, giving some stuff away and more. Stay with us. Be safe. We'll be right back. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Did you know you can earn rewards just by shopping at Acme? Download the Acme mobile app and redeem your reward points for discounts on gas at participating Exxon mobile stations or for free groceries. Plus, get personalized deals and digital coupons that are just for you. Download the Acme app or visit acmemarkets.com to sign up and save. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. And the official supermarket of MMR's Preston and Steve Show. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So, stupid question prize. We got a digital uh, PS4 copy of Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Uh, Question that I have for you this morning is, in 1979, she became the first black woman to host Saturday Night Live. Hmm. Who was she? 215263WMMR, the number. In 1979, she became the first black woman to host Saturday Night Live. Who was she? Call now if you know the answer, and let's get you a prize. I'm going to go through birthdays today, being the second day of February, which is uh, Groundhog Day, and Christy Brinkley celebrates her birthday. I just saw her in something. Um, She was recreating one of her famous modeling shots from decades ago. She looks better now in the picture. She looks phenomenal. She looks excellent. You are correct. Uh, So she turned 67 today. Yeah. And looking fantastic. So uh, happy birthday to her. Uh, Actor Bo Hopkins, who was on Dynasty and The Rockford Files. I remember this dude. Yeah. Uh, He is uh, 79 years old today. You know what? I need to see a picture of him. You would recognize him. You know what? I think he actually... um, if it's a guy I'm thinking of, I think that he was uh, he played tennis at my neighbor's house when I lived really? in Carolina. Really? <laughs> Your neighbor played tennis with Bo Hopkins? Oh, yeah. That's him. Sure yeah. enough. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, a neighbor knew him, and it was like all the stink in the neighborhood that this guy was next door, and I saw him outside playing tennis in our neighbor's tennis court. Imagine living the kind of life where you can pick up the phone and have Bo Hopkins at your house playing tennis. Any moment, Imagine. anytime. Whatever you want. But at the time, this was... Uh, Huge! This was the late 70s, yeah. so he was a big star back Hey, is this a French horn or a trumpet? Uh, Sounds like a French horn. Is it a trumpet? Yeah. Uh, French horn has a warmer sound to it. Uh, Steve, was Bo Hopkins in, is he the guy that was in um, American Graffiti, the the, the Pharaohs? Yes, that's him. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, that's exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So he's 79 years old today. Uh, Tommy Smothers celebrates his birthday today. Just on the love boat, Preston. (laughs) Uh, Was he really? (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Well, I like Tommy. how you say just on the love boat. Oh, yeah, just <laughs> 50 years ago. As if it's a new episode. Uh, both Tommy and Dick have been on the uh, love boat, yeah. Okay. Never uh, together, I don't think. Were they on as the Smothers Brothers? No, okay. I don't think so. 
be playing a, 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 a character as right. opposed to himself, right? Right, right. Uh, he is 84 today. Graham Nash, singer-songwriter of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. He was also in the Hollies, too. Uh, celebrates his uh, 79th birthday today. Super nice guy. Yeah, yeah big Bears buddy. Times, yeah. Absolutely, huge buddy. And I was reading an interview with him a while ago where he talked about being in the Hollies yeah. and wanting to, hey, can we try this style of... Can we do this? And and they were not receptive to it, and so he he went off. I was listening to CSN a few weeks ago, just kind of fell down into that hole musically and was just like, wow. Yeah. There are times when it really grabs you. Other times it's just kind of, it comes and goes. You know, it's you've, you've heard their song so many times. When you stop and you listen to any artist uh, that's truly talented and you appreciate it, it's a, it's a cool moment. So happy birthday to Graham Nash, who is 79 today. Uh, Brent Spiner... Data, Data, next generation. Uh, Sorry, I meant to turn this <laughs> on. He also uh, he also played keyboards in uh, in Journey. <laughs> nice, uh, for he a was good, man. I cool. I love that da- that Data period of Journey. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. It, it was, was like the Wharf period of Bachman Turner Overdrive after <laughs> Raised on Radio. Um, <laughs> Turner Overdrive. Yeah, Steve, exactly. I, yeah. I watched Bachman Turner Warp Drive. <laughs> I watched the other day the first episode of Picard. I hadn't seen that. What'd and, you think? And Data's in that. Uh, I enjoyed it, and I will have to. Uh, I will have to watch more of it. It's good. It's not great. But okay. It's well, good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, so Brent Spiner. Wow, he's seventy-two. He looks good, and he looks fantastic. Data makeup. Oh, yeah, he yeah. does. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of changes your age when you're in a in a in a, in a gold gloss. <laughs> the worst was Preston. Was you know uh, Vulcans were not supposed to age as fast as we were, uh-huh. and you know uh, Leonard Nimoy was quite a heavy smoker, and uh, you know he <laughs> it just wasn't working. Hey, you know what's weird is not only is it Brent Spiner's birthday today, but Ross Valerie of Journey. Oh my God! The bass player, they they share a birthday. I did. I, I wonder no if he has any great Brent Spiner stories. <laughs> uh, Ross Valerie was recently uh, kicked out of Journey. You know who's uh, going to be back in on their, on their next uh, album? It's going to be Randy Jackson. Really? Going to play bass for him again? Yeah, he was on. Uh, I have a sword signed by Randy Jackson. Uh, in uh, oh, Raised on Radio, thing. he played uh, bass <laughs> uh, for the band, and he's back with him. But Ross Valerie's had kind of an on again, off again relationship with the group. Randy uh, Jackson is skinny, by the way. He's in he that uh, name that tune, which is coming. Is it? Did, did that debut? It, it, it debuted. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. it debuted. Sunday night, I believe. Ah, I was all over. Yeah. By the way, uh, Brent Spiner and Ross Fowler were actually born on the exact same date because they're both 72 years old today. That's a big journey. They should, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> they should do an Ancestry.com and see if they share actual genetic lineage. Uh, Dwayne the Dog Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> He's a real dog. Has yeah. his birthday today. Uh, he is 68 years old today. He got remarried, right? Uh, well, here's the deal. He, uh, his... Um, deceased wife's best friend. Mm-hmm. He goes on the uh, Dr. Phil show and says, we're, we're getting married. And she's like, are we really? Oh, really? And, uh, uh, and I guess now they are, though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, dog is 68. Uh, then you have uh, actress uh, Gemma Erderton. Oh, she's great. She's beautiful. Absolutely. Casey, you would know her from Clash of the Titans. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's also in Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, and Quasar uh, Salas. Uh, just a very stunning young lady. Uh, she is uh, 35 years old today. She was in Quantum of Solace? Yeah. She, so she's. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I, I, I didn't. 
I, did, I didn't let that move. I didn't care for that as much as I did uh, Casino Royale, Casino Royale so yeah. I've forgotten. I've, I've got them two mixed up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, she's 35 today. And last birthday, friend of the show, Adam Ferrara oh. is 55 years old. He's the best. He is. Love having him on our program. He's working on, like, three different series right now. So, big happy birthday to you, Mr. Adam Ferrara. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question this morning. So, in 1979, this woman became the first black woman to host SNL. Who is she? 215-263-WMMR. I will go to Mike and see if he knows the answer. Good morning to you, Mike. Mike, you there? All right, we'll go to Jim then. Hey, Jim, good morning. Hey, good morning. All right, Jim, who was the first black woman to host Saturday Night Live? It was Cecily Tyson. Cecily Tyson, but yes, correct. Hang on just a second. And we just lost her last week. She passed away. We did, yes. Uh, But I had no idea. She was the very first black woman to host Saturday Night Live. You got it right. Congratulations. We are going to set you up, sir, with a digital uh, PS4 copy of Crash Bandicoot for It's About Time. All right, so with the entertainment report, we have lots of heavy news in the entertainment report. So I have done my best to go heavy and then light, and then huh. heavy and then light, and then heavy and then light. Otherwise, one drink, one water. One drink, one like water. like Kathy's yeah. mom's right. suggestion. Right. When you go to Mexico or Jamaica, you drink one drink, one water. Right. One drink, one water. Anytime. Actually, anytime, anytime drinking alcohol. Oh, anytime. Yeah. Okay. You got to do that or else the boys will have their way with you. All right. We're going to start with this, and I'm sure you've seen it by now, but Dustin Diamond, uh, who, of course, played Screech and Saved by the Bell, died Monday after a recent cancer diagnosis. He was only 44 years old. Uh, it was weird when that information came up that he was suffering from whatever. You know, it just kind of came out of the blue. And for some reason, it caught me like, I bet you he's not long for this world. Yeah, he shared the news of his cancer diagnosis last month and had said the situation was serious. Uh, Diamond's rep, Roger Paul, said, We are saddened to confirm Dustin Diamond's passing on Monday, February 1st, due to carcinoma. He was diagnosed with this brutal, relentless form of malignant cancer only three weeks ago. God. In that time, it managed to spread rapidly throughout his system. The only mercy it exhibited was its sharp and swift execution. Dustin did not suffer. He did not have to lie and submerge, submerged in pain. And for that, we are grateful. Uh, Diamond had had his share of public ups and downs. And in 2009, he released a uh, he released Behind the Bell, which uh, created controversy with less than flattering tales about his co-stars. He also had legal tussles, serving three months in jail for stabbing a man during a bar fight in Wisconsin. Uh, when Saved by the Bell was rebooted by uh, Peacock, all of the stars were asked to return, but he was not, unfortunately. Back in 2013, he had an interview with Oprah Winfrey, and he reflected on his ups and downs, saying, I felt lost. As I mature, I realized, wow, I was kind of going through my rebellious teens in my 20s. The sex tape thing is, is the thing that I'm most embarrassed about. My buddy was at my house and the rumor, I think, that had been put on TV was that Paris Hilton had made $14 million off uh, this sex tape. And my buddy said, $14 million, Holy smokes. Where's the screech sex tape? You got to be worth at least a million. And I thought, yeah, yeah, maybe. And that's as simple as it was. Yeah. And, and in my stu- stupidity, I thought, you know, I could totally fake this. I can get a stunt person to take my place. It's my face, but nothing else. Looking back now in my 30s, I realized that was really dumb. And I definitely got some uh, money off of it, but it wasn't worth what the fallout was. People to this day look down on me, 
lot of people are like, oh, how disgusting of you, and I didn't really do it, he says. Well, the thing that I remember jumping out from that is that there was, did you see, any of you see it? I saw some clips of it, yeah. and there was a Dirty Sanchez moment. Yeah. It's not really, but, but um, yeah, I mean, that was a bad mistake. And then in the book that he wrote, Preston, he, he revealed a lot of the stuff that he later recanted and said it wasn't true, and he was again trying to do book sales. Yep. So he was clearly floundering. And uh, remember there was the ongoing thing, too, with him. He was always in danger of losing his home. Yep. And, um, yeah, you know, so it was a lot of bad stuff, but he, he did... I guess he was starting to make amends with the other cast members. Well, his his high school classmates, his Bayside high school yeah. classmates, were among the first to pay tribute. Mario Lopez posted, Dustin, you will be missed, my man. The fragility of this life is something never to be taken for granted. Prayers for your family will continue on. Mark Paul Gosser wrote, uh, deeply saddened to hear the passing of Dustin Diamond, a true comedic genius. My sincere condolences to his family and friends. Looking back at our time working together... I will miss those raw, brilliant sparks that only he was able to produce. A pie in your face, my comrade. Uh, Tiffany Thiessen wrote, I am deeply saddened uh, by the news of my old co-star, Diamond uh, Dustin Diamond, passing. Um, she wrote, uh, life is extremely fragile, and it's something we should never take for granted. Godspeed, Dustin. And uh, also, Tori Spelling, who had played uh, Screech's girlfriend, Violet, uh, had called her first on-screen love an icon to me professionally and personally. She said, before there was David and Donna on Beverly Hills, 90210, there was Screech and Violet. Dustin was my first on-screen kiss. Mm. R.I.P. Samuel, love your Violet. Uh, Spelling recalled Diamond being a young gentleman and welcoming her to the show with open arms. So. We have a couple of clips if you want to wax nostalgic about Dustin Diamond. Sure. Yeah. Uh, from There's one from Saved by the Bell where he uh, recited a poem about a zit. All right. All I see is a big zit. Yeah, isn't it great? It's my first. Say hi to Murray. When morning comes, I raise my head, shut off the alarm and get out of bed. I brush my teeth like Mother said and always feed my spider Ted. Okay. So that's uh, that's uh, the comedy uh, of uh, Dustin Diamond, and then of course the comedy matured by the time uh, Saved by the Bell New Class Here we uh, premiered. Hello, and thank you for calling Bayside High for office hours and directions. Press one to speak with Mr. Belding. Press two, and to talk to Screech, don't press anything because it's me. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, there was actually a clip of a 2016 interview where he talks about. Uh, where he was with his uh, co-stars. I mean, I haven't seen Mark Paul since I was 16. Yeah, I haven't seen Tiffany or Elizabeth since then either. I'd just like to give them a hug and tell them how proud I am of what they've been doing and, you know, ask uh, for forgiveness for any kind of, you know, misunderstandings that may have, you know, come about. Everyone started, you know, the telephone game, the rumors, oh, well, he wasn't invited, no one wants him there, no one likes him. So after that, it was like, oh, well, he's the bad boy, he's bitter, he hates everyone, he's, and they really haven't. That's the farthest thing from the truth. Oh, man. All right, sad news. 44 years old. Way too young. Here's a lighter story, and then we'll get to another heavy one. Rumors of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West split have been swirling for months, and while she reportedly has legendary divorce attorney Laura Wasser on retainer and is worrying to divvy up, uh, working to divvy up their considerable assets, she still wants the world to know uh, that she has his back. She posted a shot of herself on Instagram wearing his Yeezy brand of bikini and sneakers, just chilling, she captioned the shot. Just chilling. Some followers 
wondered what this meant with one commenting, am I the only one wondering if they're back together because of the Yeezys? Oh, my God. And a second added, give my boy all his sneakers back. That's my boy. Uh, and still, others focused on the polarizing footwear made from harvested algaes. One wrote, Kim, sweetie, you're getting divorced. You don't have to wear the ugly shoes anymore. So, uh, snap. Snap. Exactly. Snap. Are they right. still together because she's wearing shoes? <laughs> That's okay. And I'm sure it was done on purpose like that. I'm sure Imagine sitting in front of the uh, the computer going, hmm. I bet they're back together. I need to post. <laughs> Can we just say, I mean, the shoes, they were like, uh, when they were designing them, they were like, okay, Crocs are really ugly. Is there yeah. anything we could do to make them look uglier? Totally. Yeah. totally. They're like cliquers. Agree. Yeah. Maybe sell them for $250 yeah. or whatever they are. At least. Are they? All right, here's another heavy right. story. Actress Evan Rachel Wood has claimed that Marilyn Manson abused her during the course of their relationship from 2007 to 2010. Uh, Wood first discussed being a survivor of rape and domestic violence in 2016, but in an Instagram post on Monday morning, she named Manson as her alleged abuser, writing, He started grooming me when I was a teenager and horrifically abused me for years. The name of my abuser is Brian Warner, also known to the world as Marilyn Manson. She said, I was brainwashed and manipulated into submission. I am done living in fear of retaliation, slander, or blackmail. I'm here to expose this dangerous man and call out the many industries that have enabled him before he ruins any more lives. I stand with the many victims who will no longer be silent. Uh, Wood and Manson's relationship lasted three years from 2007 when she was 19 and he was 38 to 2010. Uh, the two became engaged in 2010. Uh, but they broke up shortly thereafter. Wood first opened up about being an abuse survivor in an interview with Rolling Stone in 2016. And in recent years, she's acted as an activist for those causes. In uh, 2019, uh, she helped to create the Phoenix Act, a California bill that extends the statute of limitations on domestic domestic violence cases from three years to five. Uh, when she testified before the California Senate uh, in support of the bill, she had said that her abuser had, quote, bouts of extreme jealousy which would often result in him wrecking our home, cornering me in a room, and threatening me. I mustered the courage to leave several times, but he would call my house incessantly and threaten to kill himself. Uh, she told the legislators at the time, on one occasion, I returned to try and defuse the situation. He cornered me in our bedroom and asked me to kneel. Then he tied me up by my hands and feet. Once I was restrained, he beat me and shocked sensitive parts of my body with a torture device called a violet wand. Uh, To him, it was a way for me to prove my loyalty. The pain was excruciating. I felt like my uh, body and part of me died that day. Wow. That's heavy duty. Wood's uh, allegation against Manson uh, came just a few hours after the actor and musician uh, starred in the star's drama American Gods. He appeared uh, briefly in an episode earlier in the season, but his character, uh, Johan Wengren, was featured heavily in this past Sunday's episode. Uh, with that, his record label, uh, Loma Vista, has dropped him from their roster. Uh, they wrote a statement that said, in light of today's disturbing allegations by Evan Rachel Wood and other women naming Marilyn Manson as their abuser, uh, Loma Vista will cease to further promote his current album, Effective, immediately due to these concerning developments, and we have also decided not to work with Marilyn Manson on any future projects. So what did Manson say to all this? Has he responded yet? No, not yet. Yeah. Actually, overnight he did. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up for you, President. He issued a statement. Okay. And um, 
Yeah, she's, you know, uh, I wonder what made her go ahead and name him because she hadn't said anything as of. Why, before this story breaking, Preston, I had the um, memory that she at least had suggested that Marilyn Manson had mistreated her because right. it didn't seem like that much of a shock. Am I misremembering? Were you in the same boat I, I was? I don't remember, yeah. to be honest, but I, 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 I maybe, we, you know, people had uh, put two and two together. Right. Uh, but. Here's his statement. He said, obviously, my art and my life have long been magnets for controversy, but these recent claims about me are horrible distortions of reality. My intimate relationships have always been entirely consensual with like-minded partners, regardless of how and why others are now choosing to misrepresent the past. That is the truth. So it sounds like he said, she said at this point. All right. All right, here's a lighter story. Remember, we're going heavy, light, heavy, light. Water, drink, water, drink. Ryan Coogler is set to expand the Black Panther universe with a new Disney Plus series based in the kingdom of Wakanda. Oh, this could be awesome. Yeah, Disney has signed a five-year exclusive TV deal with Coogler's Proximity Media. If they do it like Growing Pains, that would be awesome. And the deal could lead to more shows developed by Proximity Media as well. Uh, Coogler, who's currently working on the second movie, the Black Pan- uh, movie of the Black Panther franchise, uh, said his production company is already in the mix on some projects, and uh, they didn't provide any more details about the Wakanda series, and the project is likely in its very early stages. But I like the sound of that. So stop and think about this. Did you catch the latest episode of WandaVision? I did. So, and you, you know, like with The Mandalorian, the, the level of production yeah. that you're getting on TV shows is so good. That I don't think anything would be compromised by a weekly version of Wakanda. No. If you watch WandaVision, there are at least seven minutes of credits at the end. Yeah. So that tells That's you... That's how many people are involved in it. ...what yeah. production it is. Yeah. So yeah. They're, 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 doing, they're, they're, they're doing it a la cinematic uh, performances or, or productions. All right. Another heavy story. Hal Holbrook, the five-time Emmy-winning actor who was famed for portraying Mark Twain, has died at what? the age of 95. Yeah. Oh, I didn't just, know this. Just came in this morning. Oh, my. I've, oh. I know. You love him. I uh, do Especially love Into him. the Wild, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. He died at his home in Beverly Hills. Uh, the actor was born in Cleveland, Ohio, 1925. It went on to have a highly decorated screen and stage career that spanned more than six decades. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Uh, it was one man, his one-man stage show, uh, Mark Twain Tonight, uh, that got him the Tony Award for Best Performance by a Lead Actor in a Play. He played Abraham Lincoln on uh, television in the 1974 miniseries Lincoln, which earned him uh, one of five Emmy statues that he won. He was also great in in the movie Lincoln. And I forgot what character of the Republican Party he played, but he was excellent. Yeah, he was it. great. Just excellent. I mean, you, he, he so he did what? He was Deep Throat. He in, played uh, Deep Throat in All, all the, the President's, President's Men. Men. It was the highlight of his film career. The Firm, Fletch, um, uh, Wall Street, tons of stuff. He was in yeah, an he episode, was in Fletch too. Yeah, he was in an episode of The Sopranos, and uh, they, Tony and Hal Holbrook were both in a hospital together, and it, they had this. Um, there were there was just these moments of incredible acting, uh, talking about life and death, and uh, it, it's just a really poignant, yeah. touching episode. And he just he was so good. I mean, he was just he was a really <laughs> gentle actor. Though but... he could be he could be a, uh, right. a menacing guy, sure, because it was it didn't seem like the thing he would be. So when he revealed himself to be an evil character, yep. it was always very chilling. Um, and yeah, Nick, he was nominated for an Oscar uh, for Into the Wild. Yeah, by the way. 
Um, he worked on a ton of TV shows later in life as well. So he, he played Mr. Belding. He kept no, he didn't. Oh, he but didn't. he was on Sons of Anarchy. Yes, that's right. Uh, and he was in uh, Bones. And at the age of ninety-two, his final screen roles came in Grey's Anatomy and Hawaii Five O. So he he worked late, late, late into life. Ninety-five years old, and he was married to one of the uh, women on Designing Women. Um, You're right. Um, yeah, was it Dixie Carter? Dixie Carter. Okay, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, he was just, he was excellent. I forgot about him, Steve, in, uh, in the firm. Yeah. He was, he was the, he was the head of the firm. Yeah. And, uh, there's a great scene where uh, Tom Cruise thinks he's being called out and he's like, I bet you think you're pretty smart, don't you? <laughs> he congratulated him on passing the ball. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, yeah, that, that, in that, he was an unassuming menacing Menacing character. guy, yeah. So sad news. Lighter story in that Prince Harry settled a suit that he filed against uh, the Mail on Sunday and Mail Online. Why are we playing what's you? Happening? You forgot that a while ago you had asked for different music to uh, play under the royal family, and, okay. and I suggested what's happening. Because okay. he, the, they're not part of the royal family anymore, yeah, yeah. so he can't play this. They're civilians. Yeah. So what's happening seemed the most appropriate. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> he filed... Wait a minute. He settled the suit that was filed against the Mail on Sunday and Mail Online uh, in what his lawyers dubbed significant damages over an article claiming that he turned his back on the Royal Marines. Uh, His lawyer, uh, Jenny Afia, had said in a statement to Open Court on Monday that the baseless, false and defamatory stories published constituted not only a personal attack on the Duke's character, but also wrongly brought into question his service to this country. Thanks for defending me, Jenny. Uh, the funds, by the way, will go to the Invictus Games Foundation. Oh, that's his main thing. And yeah. Exactly, yes, uh, which is for uh, wounded vets to compete in Olympic-style games. Uh, in October, the paper published a piece alleging that he had snubbed the military. The paper has since run an apology, so mm-hmm. they are backtracking. You know what happens with these things, though, when you learn about it? The incorrect story gets out around the world, sinks its teeth in, and the retraction comes out, and no one ever sees the retraction. It's the first story that hits that's the one that's going to live with people. Retractions seldom have the same effect as the original story itself. And, and sometimes, you know, you, I, I sort of, in my, 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 my knee-jerk reaction is to poo-poo the lawsuits. Yeah. But sometimes you, I understand why they do that, because there are punitive damages that can be assigned to those papers. Because they're not going to get it with the retraction. Exactly. Yeah. And hopefully they may learn a lesson, although it seems that they never do. Here's another heavy story and a sad one. Tony Bennett has Alzheimer's disease. Oh, yeah. Legendary Singer's family confirmed the news in a new profile for AARP magazine uh, oh. saying that he was diagnosed in 2016 but started to show real signs of decline two years later when he was recording an album with Lady Gaga. Is this the first album they recorded? Because I know they recorded a second one too, didn't they? Yeah, I'm not sure about that, yeah. Steve. Um, his wife, Susan, said there's a lot I miss about him uh, because he's not the old Tony anymore. But when he sings, he's the old Tony. So do oh, I wow. do the impression anymore or what do I do? Yeah. Of course you yeah. do. Yeah, absolutely. Did he record an album with Amy Winehouse as well? They yes. did. They recorded, okay. a, they recorded a song together, I That's believe. It. Not, okay. not an album. But, uh, yeah, Try she to was... make me go to Frisco. I said no, no, no. Uh, she was a huge fan of his. Uh, she's a, uh, obviously her voice was powerful as well, but she had that she had love of torch songs. 
Um, so he had, she said he's not when he sings. He's the old Tony. The ninety four year old's uh, condition has progressed since his diagnosis, but according to the magazine, he has thankfully been spared the disorientation that can prompt patients to wander from home. Well, that's good. As well as the episodes of terror, rage, or depression. Uh, Bennett first expressed concern about his health in 2015 when he had trouble remembering fellow musicians' names. So Susan made a list of the names for him to keep on his piano, which displeased him. Instead, he wanted to go to a doctor, and a neurologist uh, had uh, confirmed uh, his diagnosis in 2016. How uh, old is he again, Preston? Uh, he is 94. Okay. And Dr. Uh, Gatri Devi said that he's doing so many things that many people without... Uh, that many people without dementia cannot do. Uh, she said he really is the symbol of hope for someone with a cognitive disorder. Uh, Susan is, uh, by the way, who has been its third wife, is the singer's main caregiver, is also overseeing his Mediterranean diet and exercise regimen, both of which have been shown to help slow memory loss. So, um, you know, listen, uh, he's he's pretty functional then, correct? He's, uh, we're we're not led to believe that he's, incapacitated and no has to you know uh, well he's still he continues to rehearse twice a week so okay the doctor had encouraged susan to keep her husband singing and performing for as long as possible because it will keep his brain stimulated so he still sings twice a week his last public performance was march of last year that's good you know yeah so i, I think i think there's so much that happens i saw it happen with my mother-in-law um she um when she Went to like a re- removed location, Lakeside in you know in Connecticut with uh, her her second husband. Her deterioration was super quick. She wasn't engaged. There wasn't there wasn't any sort of mental stimulation going on, and I think that makes a difference. Um, so the, Susan said that she hopes to. Uh, the end is peaceful for her husband, recalling that Sean Connery's wife said that when he died last year after a battle with dementia, he passed quietly in his sleep. So she's hoping for that. By the way, big age difference. He's 94. She's 54. Wow. Uh, his wife. So, yeah, a bit of a spread there. I guess I win. Yeah, I think so, right? All right, and then we'll end with a lighter story. Uh, Netflix is already hot and heavy on the heels of the GameStop story. As Wall Street developments <laughs> unfold in the battle between hedge funds and social media-fueled day traders that sent shares of the firm into the stratosphere, on the stock market, writer Mark Bowl is in negotiations to write a drama on the tale starring Noah Centineo. I want to see a, just a comprehensive documentary when because it's still, I mean, there's still stuff going on. Yeah. And they're, these these um, Reddit traders are have taken the cue and are... T- <laughs> Are doing it again with other companies, and we'll see how it all plays out. It's fascinating. So they are they they want to do a movie about yeah. it. Yeah, already the all Wall right. Street King ready for the clips. <laughs> Tiff is a grad student in New York City who is moonlighting as a dominatrix named Mistress May on the show Bonding. And here, star Zoe Levin talks about when this show became a real learning moment for her. When we found out we were going to shoot a season two was, okay, we need a consultant. You know, I came onto this project not knowing anything about what a dominatrix does and the logistics of it all. I came in as an actress to tell this story. Shut up, dummy. (laughs) Uh, Bonding season two is streaming on Netflix, by the way. No, there was a season one. <laughs> well, a nice... we uh, we have some catching up to do. Here's the next clip. 
Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is back for season two with new songs, choreography, and drama. In this clip, choreographer Mandy Moore Ooh. explains how COVID has, <clears throat> has changed life on set. Here we go. We would be silly to say it's not difficult to make this in the pandemic. It is. But it's also something that, you know, I think humans in general are resilient and humans are problem solvers and humans are kind and compassionate and patient. And that's what it takes to make things. Oh, shut up, woman. That doesn't sound like it's no, not no, Mandy it's Moore, not. the actress. It's a choreographer. Yeah, yeah. There, there are two very prominent, very successful Mandy Moores in in showbiz. This one that just, we played the clip of has done some really impressive things over the years. She is not the actress. She uh, was also singer. you think you can dance. She was in. One is a singer, amazing... one's a dancer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is a singer, right? No, no she, she was, was a dancer. dancer. Jinx, oh my god. And anybody in the dance world, though, knows her. She is amazing. Some of the stuff that she's, um, she's choreographed. For you she is. No, she's excellent. I love her. Okay. So, have you watched this show? I have. I, have I watched uh, two episodes. My daughter's all into it. My daughter's a she's a performer, right? She does loves musical theater, and this is all you know, so right conce- up her alley. The, the conceit is the main character Zoe can uh, when people talk to her, sh- she'll see them uh, responding to her or doing things in song and dance and choreographed numbers. So it's like a Walter Mitty thing where she's seeing. But so the thing is, I mean, for all intents and purposes, she is crazy because she reacts yeah. to all of this stuff, and, you know, all the singing and dancing, and she'll react to it like, will you guys shut up? Yeah. You know, and everybody's yeah. like, wait, why? Why so did you? Delusion, right, yeah, right. yeah. Why are you yelling at us? Yeah. I would, I would. think <laughs> uh, Maybe the season finale this time will have her getting electroshock therapy. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, oh, no, <laughs> I don't think her character should probably react that way, be, or they're going to put her in a mental institution. Right. Yeah, you know? you're right. A new episode of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist airs tonight on NBC at 8 p.m. That's the end of my report for you today. You, you balanced Thank it well, you. yes. Thank yes. you, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, what you just witnessed this broadcasting legend. Had to put it in a special order. As Preston's balanced very heart-wrenching stories with light fare and did it so adroitly we couldn't even see the wires. Oh, I need a break. Uh, so we're gonna, we are going to take a break. I love you. We have a bunch of stuff to get to, including giving money away, giving away free tattoos as well with Tattoos Day. And we have a guest we've been very much looking forward to speaking to, Derek Del Guadio, uh, from his show, Del- Derek Del Guadio's In and of Itself on Hulu. Uh, we're going to take a break. Be back in a second. Stay safe. We'll return in a moment. No shad though for you. I just won five hundred dollars. Cash money. No shad though. I'm a winner tonight. Yes, you are. Win money. No shad though. We're just here to try to make 2021 a little better than 2020. We already started off great with that. <laughs> Fantastic. No shad Listen even hours weekdays. That's 8 and 10 a.m., noon, 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. Get the keyword and text it to 45911 or enter it via WMMR.com or our app to also get qualified for the $10,000 grand prize. No, Santa! I'm Dan excited, and I'd love to take you to dinner. It's on, girlfriend. From 93.3 WMMR. You got 500 bucks. I do. I can't believe it. What are you going to do with it? Buy me a beer? Is that what you said? <laughs> Everything that rocks. See official rules at WMMR.com. When Chekhov saw the long winter, he saw winter <laughs> bleak and dark and bereft of hope. Yet we know that winter is just another step in the cycle of life. It's true. 
but standing here among the people of Punxsutawney and basking in the warmth of their hearths and hearts, I couldn't imagine a better fate than long and lustrous winter. I had to share that. It's beautiful. It is Groundhog it's Day. It is Groundhog Day. Yeah. Yes, yes. And yeah. it is wintry and snowy. And, all the... and by the way, who is Chekhov when he's referring to that? Uh, from Star Trek. No, yeah, the Russian author <laughs> and playwright. What does Chris Elliott say? He's like, oh, you really touched my soul, man. You touched my soul, man. <laughs> I forgot. That movie uh, is so unrelentingly good and has become more and more of a masterpiece. We talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's some people who think they, you know, made, if you've just taken one pass at Groundhog Day, you're not you're not really playing by yeah. the rules. you got to see it a number of times just to absorb all the nuance that's happening in it. Because mm-hmm. actually some of my favorite moments in that are the more, um, you know, outside the great comedy, the heartfelt oh. You know the, the diner he, scene with the uh, with the homeless guy. That to me just kills me. Uh-huh. It's so good. Where a guy finding his humanity. Yeah, he's yep. like, oh man, you know, watch it. You know, yeah. it gets really hard there at the end, and then hands him another bowl of soup. Like, yeah. Dude. yeah. And so we actually, um, and I wish I remembered more about it. We studied that in college. Like it was a part of a. Um, it was like a you math know, class. <laughs> no, no, it was like it was a communications class. Yeah, Yeah. I wish I could remember the name of that class. So it doesn't matter. But, yeah. but it was no. I mean, the introduction to Groundhog. It was all about like seizing the day, and that's essentially you know it's what the movie is about. And it was kind of like a week's worth of studies. Well, and it's also a case about the ineluctable nature of things. Try as he did so many times, mm-hmm. the guy was going to die. We're yes. all going to die. Yeah, yeah. he that's, could not alter. That's what the nurse yeah. tells him. Is like sometimes it's just people's time, you know. Yeah, and, and yeah, you're not going to be able to change right. everything, but you can, you can change, change yourself. Yes, you can change uh, and make yourself a better person. So, but yeah, it is. It is Groundhog Day. They're going to be doing it virtually today, and so, which is sad because they had absolutely no intention of being there. In person. I know, I know. Yeah. And Nick uh, has been never would, mm-hmm. as we've recounted many times. He was arrested by a, an entire platoon of the National Guard. Yeah, the National <laughs> Guard. Arrested yeah. is a strong word. <laughs> Escorted out. <laughs> Gingerly. Yeah, you didn't go to jail. Uh, you guys want the whole story? I mean, not that day. Uh, I went to jail the next day looking for my friend Randy. I, I relived this story with my college friends. It's recently. like Groundhog Day, the movie for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, there are so many facets of the story. I'm, I'm sure most of which are boring to the listener. But that I was there for, for I don't know, 36 hours. Uh, there's a McDonald's. There are two jails. There's a hardware store that's closed on Sundays. It was among the worst experiences of my life. It's not but, the rustic Hamlet you no, see. No, 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 no. In the movie. I, I believe they filmed that in Illinois. Um, uh, the movie mm-hmm. in Illinois. But the, the uh, Punxsutawney is uh, just a pretty sad town. But when I went, you know, there were maybe thirty thousand people there. I mean, there a lot of people from Penn State came. Right. A, a decent brigade from Bucknell, which is where I went to college, came. And so there, were, it was a party. It was a really good good time. And then we were stuck there and couldn't get out. And, you know, friends had to drive all the way from Lewisburg out to Punxsutawney, which is like three and a half hours away. It was, it was just a disaster. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, different story today. Nobody getting stuck. The no. only person who got stuck is Kathy this morning on yes. the drive-in uh, and hit an area where I guess the plows had put up a um, – um, Kind of a big pile, and and you, you, it was deeper than you thought it was going to be. Yeah, so it's like an intersection, and like one direction gets plowed, uh, the other two don't. There's like a merge involved, and uh, I oh, and there's there's a dip in the road. So um, I always know if if it snows, you have to like power through there. Right. Um, and I just didn't power through. Enough. You fall. I see so many people, Kathy, fall victim to the intersection and not know how to play it. And that's really where a lot of people get stuck because of that very reason. Yeah. And it was, I mean, the there was a lot of snow there. It, w- it was 
piled up uh, and, yeah, just got stuck. And I knew I was probably doing all of the wrong things. I tried to get out myself. I probably, you know, was running the tires. Your eyes were closed. I got stuck. I tried to reverse. No, nothing was working. Speaking of the plows and, and making the, the big piles uh, that come up, I, I tried a system last night, and it, and it worked out pretty good, uh, I think. So <laughs> when they are when they're coming through my neighborhood and they're going to plow, and this happens with anybody who has a driveway, um, as they push that snow from the street, it will pile up in front yeah. of your driveway. Which can turn into like an ice wall. It can be solid. Yeah. And if you don't have a big enough uh, snowblower or you got to get out there and you need to do it, you know, manually with a uh, uh, with a shovel, it, it becomes a, a big time yeah. project. It becomes a lot of work. So I, last night, because I wanted to, to at least, I knew it wasn't going to stop snowing all night long, but I wanted to minimize it by the time I left in the morning. So we went out and we did the snow blowing of the driveway. And I went ahead and I I did a portion of the road as well. Okay. Um, before my driveway yeah. in the direction that did the help? snow plow would be coming. And it actually helped. Wow, because it virtually yeah. never does. Yeah, so they I, always end up eradicating all your work in one pass. Well, they do, but it minimized it for yeah. sure. All right. uh, so, But what I did is I is I did a good portion of the road. And listen, I, I'm not stupid. I knew that some of it was yeah. going to come back pile up, but I think I minimized it. I think I got a new system. I kept, I kept telling my wife, because after I got home yesterday, I did a full thing. Even knowing a second wave was going to come, I, I took everything down to the pavement and yeah. i put down the ice i figured at least i won't have an ice base right. no matter what happens mm-hmm. and so within a very brief time it, it's like like everything i'd done looked like it was pretty much gone but i kept saying i, I can still sort of see a ridge where i had done and yeah. I, you know i was trying to convince myself because it at a certain point it accelerated pretty quickly right press i do the same exact thing i uh do you know right in front of the apron of the driveway also to the left of the driveway is my mailbox so i kind of try to um, blow out a an area so at least the, the mailman can get in there. Yep. And then also on the other side of the driveway, which is where I put the trash cans down, I do that with uh, what uh, you were saying, with that in mind, it's going to get plowed in anyway. Yep. And then if I can just kind of like preemptively do that, it'll be easier to take care of afterwards. Today is trash day. I didn't put my trash out. No. I, like, they're not coming. There's, there's, there's no way. They those have, those they trucks have. are being used for snow plowing. Yeah. Mm, no. Some are. Yeah. Well, I know, I, but I saw the plows, uh, and they're they're not trash. Uh, I mean, in my neighborhood, I know that they, you? I do. What's that? The plow guys talk to you? No. Oh no! I no, no! I saw you... I saw the plow guys out on the road, and they were not trash trucks. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. A lot of times, they'll they'll just put the the right. plows on top of the trash trucks. That's that wasn't the case, at least in my we neighborhood. Actually, we got an yeah. email yesterday, case saying that they were pushing it all back by a day or two, and in, in, okay. uh, for our uh, trash district or whatever it's called, in honor of Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah. But I've been burnt in the past. District. I'm, I'm a bur- member of Trash District Number Nine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an archer. My name is Katniss. Yeah, it's archer. A very bad version <laughs> of the Hunger Games. Yeah. I love it. Well, in the city, it. Trash Day was Monday, and they just said you got to hold on to it yeah. until next Monday. Yeah, yep, it's, yep. it just it it's it sucks. I mean, I, I you know what? I I'm so I'm so tired from snow removal that just doing what I did this morning and doing what I did yesterday, it's such an energy suck. Yeah. How do Eskimos do it? I don't know. But it it's it's uh again, it's it's just uh, the fascination and love you used to have with the snow as a kid. <laughs> oh, I know. Listen, I heard outside uh, at uh, my house I heard all kinds of Activity from kids Stop around, laughing! around the neighborhood, and I'm like, I ain't going no. anywhere, man. <laughs> no, no way. it was nice to stay inside and yeah, you know, kind of pull the shades up and and just watch the yeah. snow. That and, was and fun. Relax indoors. That was fun. 
Marissa, on the other hand, got out in the lawlessness of the art museum steps last <laughs> yeah, night. Yeah, I've been waiting for this. I think I figured out since 2016. Okay. Was like the last time. No, maybe the last snow was the one at Carbro Classic, the one we all got stuck. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, Kathy, you saw yeah. a peak of my excitement. Like, remember I made you play tennis and we bowled? <laughs> and, like, we went and got hot chocolate and we went and got drinks. Is like, this just when it snows? Uh, yeah. Like these are your like you need to do something. Well, I need well, to no, do we, something all the time. <laughs> yeah, we were you guys were stuck at the um, Split Rock Resort and you had all those activities, those fun little activities to do. We did. Yeah. So I wanted to do all of them. Like we weren't going to go out sledding. Oh wait, no, no, no. Remember I made Jackson take us off roading. Yes. Oh my God, we went to um, the bar. <laughs> the, yeah. Oh, there is something about snow that brings out like a joy and excitement. My um, brother called me yesterday. He's like, I have the tube. Should I drop it off? What so, tube? Uh, so he has. One of these tubes that um, is kind of the ones you go water skiing on, so it has oh. like a plastic bottom. Nice. So it's perfect for sledding on the art museum stairs mm-hmm. because if you just have like a regular sled, it's you kind of like feel the steps. If unless oh, it's I really saw a guy. They were on, on six ABC yesterday, and there was. There was just enough snow to kind of cover it, and this yeah. guy was going down. And I'm like, that. <laughs> yeah. d- not only does that not yeah. look fun, yeah. it looks painful. There's spinal injuries going on there. Yeah. But the tube was fantastic, and we had me and my friend climbed in it, and we made it all the way from the top of the steps pretty much to uh, the parkway, like the road. And you know, the, it doesn't hurt? The art museum steps don't hurt? Um, No. It's a little scary. Like yeah. You have to like keep your feet up because I mean, I got air. And when you're going from platform to platform, yeah. like if your heels drop, you could dig them in and stop and fly off. And there's people walking around. <laughs> it's and- also an inflatable tube, so you you have that cushion. Yeah. Every time you hit a step or a, a landing or whatever, we right. went down three times. I could have gone. Yeah. Many more. Uh, it just dawned on me, Marissa, that you are like a child in the fact, in the sense that you don't have uh, to worry about anything like uh, shoveling or <laughs> you, know, you have you have zero responsibility, so you can use all of that energy for fun to go snow. out and play. Yeah. Right. Whereas, yeah. no, I, I'm responsible for an entire sidewalk that wraps around my house. Yeah. Uh, that I have to get the snow cleared from and all that other stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I don't. You know, person, I'm, I'm I'm with you. If if look, the, the joy the joy is gone. The thrill is gone. The thrill is gone. It's nice to look at. It can be a little romantic. Yeah, so that's. uh, If you don't have to do anything, you don't have to go anywhere, Mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. But you got to go into work. Exactly. Casey, I think everybody in the city took that same responsibility because nobody sidewalk or shovel. Okay. But I also. Because there's nowhere to put it. They can't put it in the street. We had that conversation, (laughs) right? You're not allowed to put it on the street. You're not allowed to put it anywhere. But if you have a house that has renters in it, Nope, none of the renters are going to come out and no, they, shovel they, it. And that the is the landlord's not driving into the city to shovel it. So isn't it the landlord's obligation oh, by law? Probably... I mean, I don't know about in the city or not, but when when I rented, it was our responsibility. Was oh. it okay? He, he's he cut the lawn, right. but um, we had to shovel if it snowed. All right, I, I don't know if that's a part of a standard renter's agreement. Mm. You always assume that, like in in some place, if you're living in an apartment complex, you're, the, the 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 service. Is supposed to take care of all that. If you're renting like a, a part of a house yeah, or yeah. whatever, maybe that's, that's your what obligation. I was, I was in a house and we had to right. shovel. How happy are you guys now that you don't have to uh, shovel out a space on the road uh, <laughs> for a uh, car? Well, spot. in, in Maniunk, it was a, l- a little bit tighter. We still had a good area because we were at, a, at sort of like well, an intersection. You still have to shovel, right? You have to shovel a spot? No, no, no. Well, here's a driveway. I, I, I do have a driveway. I don't oh, use do? it. I don't use it. I, but I have more than enough 
I, I have so much side street that no one parks on oh, okay. yeah. that I can just pull in and pull out. Oh, it's, so you park on the street? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. but I don't. I don't have to worry about it at all. It's not necessarily shoveling out the the the, the area. It is shoveling to, in. No, it's trying to maintain that area once it is shoveled out, and people do get very very. Um, uh, possessive, territorial, yeah. and possessive about it, and we, you know you've seen it. You put up the chairs and the <laughs> trash cans. You better not park here. And I, you know, uh, because my wife, when we were dating, she lived in Maniunk, and so I dug out her and her roommate spots. And you know, listen, it's it's like it's tough. Well, tough cookies, bro. I I, I dug out a spot too. <laughs> I, I dug out a spot too, and somebody took my spot, and I'm just going to take an open spot. And that's just how it goes. Move out of the uh, city if you don't like it. Tough cookies, bro. Yeah. Uh, Marissa, I'm watching. Um, so Philly Chit Chat uh, commented on your Instagram uh, post from last night, Marissa. And uh, then he posted these guys on like four wheelers and um, like scooters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he called them talk- dune buggies. We don't want to talk about those guys. We don't? Uh, I mean, those are. Why do we not want to talk about them? Oh, no. I, I don't know. Because we do a talk show. I mean, these guys, like, terrorize a city. They just oh. drive around. Oh, well, they? Let's point out the fact that they're being jerks. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yes. Take no, a stand. Yeah, it's, it's like the um, the Rough Rider guys that are just driving around, and, you know, they're just spitting up snow. And the, the cops came out at one point to oh, kind really? of, like, call, like, calm it down and all like that. Mm. Yeah. Actually, Case there is oh, a dune that, buggy That is a dune there. buggy. Okay. Yeah, so it's all not right. just uh, four-wheelers. Dude's doing a wicked 360s on that thing. Wow. Which I is mean, fine. But were there kids there or was it all yes, grown-ups? Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, they're pretty cool. Um, but, you know, they're really there just terrorizing people and kind of like chasing them down on the streets. And okay. And then throwing and snow at them yeah. and stuff like that. You can't do that. No, that's, that's a jerk move. Yeah. But it, it's so funny on the steps because I, I mean. Tough cookies, bro. It, <laughs> I very much know it's it's illegal. I mean, or or it's frowned upon to 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 sled down the stairs but there has to be some kind of rules to the road you know rules of the steps and like the kids are going down and then their parents are yelling at them to get up because the kids just go to the bottom of the steps and they're like whoa that was so fun without turning around and noticing that there's three more kids coming behind them yeah you gotta you gotta be aware of your surroundings and you need to let the kids know that for sure sounds like heaven as soon as you stop get up and get out of the way do you guys want breaking news? Oh, breaking yeah. news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 is it good breaking news, bad breaking news? That's kind of... Breaking, breaking news, breaking news. From our news director, Kathy Romano. So Punxsutawney Phil uh-huh. yeah. says six more weeks of winter. Oh. So what does that mean? He didn't see a shadow? I believe that is the case, yes. That if you don't, he doesn't see his shadow, then, uh, then yeah, six more weeks of winter. Of course, it's hard to... Wait. See your shadow when the sun is completely yeah. blocked out. <laughs> Does that right. mean six weeks from now or six weeks after spring? I, th- uh, I think it means, March. well, that's a good question, Casey. I don't know. I think it means af- after uh, the first day of spring. I'm, ah, I'm not know. even going to pretend like I know what the hell I'm talking about. It's a dumb tradition started by, what, a German rat? What was the origin story, Kathy? <laughs> I don't even yes, know. Yes, uh, it was. A German rodent. Crock of crap. German rodent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, anyhow, obviously, oh, and Casey, by the way, when I got here this morning, uh, when I pulled into the parking lot, uh, that little vehicle that you want to ride on was uh, tearing it up in the parking Dude. lot. And it does move fast. It does. I was surprised. <laughs> it's the little stand-up. Uh, I saw it. Yeah. Just as I pulled in, it was right at the edge of the street. It's the stand-up plow, and it seemed like it was going faster than the than the trucks were. Yeah. yeah. Hey, mister. <laughs> hey, mister. Can I That's have a ride? boss. Can I have a ride? Sure. <laughs> How old are you? I'm 45 and I have a whole family on my own. <laughs> 
I almost wanted to stop and ask if if you if Casey would be able to take a ride on it, but I'm sure the guy would have said, "Dude, come, yeah, come yeah, on, I'm working. Man. I'm working. Here. <laughs> I've been out here all goddamn night. Sure, I'd, I'd love to give him a ride. Yeah. <laughs> Send him down. Um, I, you know what though, I might later on today since we've had a fairly decent amount. Maybe I'll get out and do a little bit of sledding. Yeah. Where do you go? Um, well, I live in a golf course community, so okay. there's. A, you go on the golf course. All right. There's loads of hills. Loads of hills? All over the place. So they, they don't chase you away? Or uh, There's nobody out there. Right? Nobody's, yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody's playing golf right now, yeah, yeah, so yeah, you don't yeah. have to worry about it. Uh, yeah, we have lots of good spots. Uh, and, you know, we didn't go last year, so maybe we'll get out there and do that. Yeah, we're going to go today. Are you? I am. Yeah, you know, it, yesterday it was um, like freezing rain or sleeting for longer yeah. than I expected. Yeah. So we just kind of played in the snow. I, th- I thought it was going to actually switch more to rain and it it went the other way it went the other way yeah yeah, yeah. and you guys talk about like you know the the fun you're over it you can just like sit in and and relax so i'm like in the middle i still have somebody where i'm like okay come on let's go outside we're gonna go out and play and then i get out there i'm like god i wish i was just inside (laughs) sitting down watching the snow come down right here here i'm gonna give you my phone record yourself having fun share it with mommy i just sat there and i watched the clock tick by just waiting to make a rice cooker pancake and I did that. So yes, that's all so I wanted to do yesterday. Was do, my... do we want to get an update on well, uh, how that went, went? My children, that ate it, loved it. They said it was delicious. My son was asking uh, hours afterwards if there was any left because right. he loved it so much. It was fluffier than a normal pancake. It took longer than I had anticipated. I thought it was just going to take a couple of go-arounds. I actually had to kind of scoop off the top of it uh, because it wasn't cooking all the way through. But once I did that, it was... It was boss. Man. All right. It was boss. Yeah. Boss. Um, if you don't know what he's talking about, Casey found that you can take an entire box of pancake mix and put it in a rice cooker and make a gigantic pancake. A thick pancake, not yes. necessarily a big, wide pancake, but right. it's more a of a, masculine it's just a pancake. straight up cake. Yeah, but it's not it, It's not the whole box. I mean, it's just your standard, you know, you use one cup of the pancake mix and the, oh, the I oil of the egg. The whole box. No, okay. no. I, in fact, I was going to make two of those, but the, the first one took so long that I ended up just, you know, making the other pancakes on the griddle, which were good as well. But um, Preston, I also tried out my thing yesterday. I was telling you about off air which I texted you guys last night. I think I might have revolutionized the buttering of the pancakes and waffles industry um, because I... Which is a multi-billion dollar industry. It is a multi-billion dollar industry. And if you recall, Kathy was the one who helped me out in Unbutterable. And uh, the I always had a... Had took issue with trying to get butters in all of the the squares of the waffle, Steve. What I'm I ended to get up butters in every part. <laughs> butters. I know. Uh, so anywho, I how many butters do you have? I got anywho. butters in eight of them. I. Uh, anywho, guys. Anywho, I took the butter and I put the butter in like a, a cup, and then I melted the butter in the microwave, microwave. and then I put syrup into the melted butter and I mixed it all together and I made butter syrup. Yeah. It's that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. You're welcome. Butter syrup. <laughs> so so uh the I end of the you story in. I thought you were gonna make us some. I know I said I didn't want to do that. You did but but uh, on the plus side, I weighed three extra pounds today than I did yesterday. Yeah. Hey here's the deal with the with the, the cake pancake the rice cooker we can set that up here and make that. Yeah. You, you could cook that here and we could have it fresh and hot. I guess you're right. Uh, because it's not ex- an exposed heating element. Yeah, come and, on, man. And, and we could actually make it here. We remember we had the uh, the crockpot cook-off. We yeah. Could, 
We could easily cook a pancake here. <laughs> Ain't no thing. In the uh, rice cooker. <laughs> I wonder if you can make a crock pot pancake. I mean, uh, I was, one, one I was, step well, at a time. I know, you're yeah, right. You're it depends right. on how um, hot the crock pot can get. So I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the the rice cooker, what happens, Steve, is it cooks, right? Yes. And then I guess it's As got, implied by the name. Yeah. I guess what happens is the pot itself gets uh, heated up to a temperature where it it just stops cooking cooking and uh, and goes into a warming process, okay. right? And it, you, it's got one button. That's it. Cook and warm, right? That's it. And so you have to wait for then the pot to then cool down a little bit in order for you to be able to cook it again. So that's why it ended up taking a little longer than I had anticipated. I got well, you. Well, here's a recipe that was pulled up. It's called the Slow Cooker Pancake Cake, and it what? takes uh, three hours and ten minutes. Three hours? Well, that's what slow cookers do. <laughs> I don't yeah. like that. You set them. You set them. Forget it, Steve. I, I got completely forget it. I go out and buy another cake accidentally. Yeah. So you can do that too. Okay. Right. I would just have to. My children get up at like ten. I would probably have to, you know, start the pancake process at like six a.m. just mm-hmm. to make sure that I think uh, that's worth it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> By the way, speaking of uh, snow and eating, which we have been discussing both, Oregon State University professor Ann Nolan says that, uh, well, they're asking the question, is it safe to eat snow? Yes, Uh, I would say probably no, right? Well, she says that most snow, this is Ann Nolan, says most snow is just as clean as any drinking water, Mm -hmm. and snowflakes have a harder time picking up soot and other air pollutants as they fall compared to raindrops. So I've always heard, like, for example, one of the big things when you go down to Bermuda is a lot of their water is um, rainwater. runs off and they collect it and and that you can get very sick off that. Okay. And I think you probably can get sick off of it because of what's on the... Uh, the runoffs, where the water's coming from? Well, this says once snow hits the ground, it stays clean until other things land on top of it. Like poop. Nolan says uh, once the (laughs) snow is on the ground, it goes through a process called dry deposition in which dust and dirt particles stick to the snow. So don't eat brown snow, really. (laughs) Like we need that? Yeah. Uh, And you should avoid yellow snow, obviously. And even pink snow is it is filled with algae that aren't good for digestion. There was a there was a news reporter who was, was making the rounds on uh, it was a viral thing where she was talking about uh, the medical expert at one channel somewhere in the Midwest about why the, sometimes kids will pull icicles off. Yes, and, and that that's what you should not should not do, do that. Oh, really? Because though, well, because those have run off of objects and then formed, and they say a lot of times has bird crap in it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gross. Yeah. Do you guys ever, when when you were kids, did you take the make snow cones essentially out of the fresh snow? Yeah, we no. we'd also we made snow ice cream. Yeah, uh, which oh, used yeah. sugar and vanilla. I think. I think we did that. I too. made snow cutlets. Snow cutlets. <laughs> I would bread them, and it okay. didn't work. No. <laughs> I saw um, pink snow uh, when hiking in uh, the California mountains a couple summers ago, and uh, it's pretty neat looking. I, I didn't know until just now you're not supposed to eat it. Fortunately, I did not. Uh, they call it water, watermelon snow. and um, it's, Well, they give it a food name. Uh, yeah, I yeah guess right? They, I you're mean, not supposed to eat it? You're not supposed to eat watermelon snow. Menstrual snow will stop people from eating yeah, it. That, yes. That's not very appetizing. <laughs> oh, my God. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're looking at a, at a picture of it's pink, cool. yeah, pink me... snow. I've never seen that before. Why it's, is it... a, this, it's this algae that grows within it, but it's a, a pink algae case. I don't know why it's not green, um, but it like it takes the right um, atmospheric recipe in order for this to, to happen, in order for it to grow. Uh, and you can't help but notice it. And once you, I, it was the first time I'd ever seen it, you, you think maybe your eyes are, are playing tricks on you. Wow. Interesting. Wow, there's a watermelon snow iceberg. Pink algae. Really? Yeah. Ooh, well, <laughs> the whole thing? 
Yeah. That's pretty Arctic? wild. Uh, where is it? Hold on. Let's see if I can find out where it is. All right. Uh, well, listen, don't eat that. Don't yeah. eat the it's snow. Got, it's got an algae in it. But uh, regular snow, yeah, it's okay. Eat it? It's okay to do it. Yeah, that's I what they're know. saying. I don't know. Still, I, I have issues. Huh. Unless it was freshly fallen from the sky on my tongue. I've done that all of the peanuts. Yes. All right. Well, anyhow, listen, I think we're expecting maybe a couple more inches. That, that's what they're saying. said and done. So Potentially. It's going to continue on for just a, a little while longer, a few, a few more hours uh, through the day. Um, so still adding up a little bit. I think out in my area... Eyeballing it, I think we got nine or ten inches. I think that's where we are. Kathy, what do you think at your house? Because we're kind of in the same Um, band. Yeah, I was probably maybe a little bit less than that. Yeah, Norristown got about a foot, or some areas in Norristown I had seen on the news this morning. And then further out in Allegheny, two feet. Oh, my God. I mean, that's a real serious thing up there. Yeah, And Poconos were getting slammed, too. So uh, maybe some good skiing this weekend? I would imagine so. yeah, I bet. Got to imagine we had had the cardboard classic with, with something like that. I mean, it was like that year. Yeah. Two years ago? or um, Three years. Three, years, three ago. years ago. Man. That was, again, oh, I'll never forget. I, you're, you're Eight driving. and a half hours oh, driving back. God. Eight oh, and a half hours. Eight and a half hours. And oh. I, was, I did it, though. But, but I mean, the... Uh, um, I'll, you had a. There were a couple times along that trip where I thought, okay, um, let me let me make my peace with my God and record a message to my wife. Right, talking to the black box. I yeah. just couldn't believe that I had gone down. Was at nine forty, and then they made me get onto what is that eighty, and then I got onto eighty, and then they made me get off of eighty, and I ended up. In the back entrance of Jack Frost Big Boulder, I was like, "How did I end up here?" Yeah, and we ran into each other. And we ran into each other. <laughs> we're like, we both did the same thing yes. where we got on eighty, and then we're driving around the freaking Poconos. We were yeah. driving for like at least an hour. <laughs> like I exhausting. thought I was so far away from, and, and thank God I wasn't because we ended up staying at the Split Rock yeah. uh, uh, Lodge. But I, I was like, "How am I?" At the back entrance. And our adventure was a fraction of what Steve went through, know. you know, getting all... By the way, you, uh, what were the roads you ended up taking home? They like actually... 33 and... I forget, they gave me a sheet right at the toll booth. Okay, because the Northeast Extension was closed, right? It was closed. Yeah. yeah. In fact, the accident where the, the twins ended up being born... Right. That, yeah. that, that, that they'd been to the Cardboard Classic and, and uh, uh, the, uh... That was the accident that caused that whole domino effect that was right. on the term on the Germany and uh, turnpike. So I followed the the printed list. I guess they have them at the ready in case they do have to close down the turnpike. Mm-hmm. And I, Preston, I, I recall I was in the most uh, most rural yeah. side streets, and twice, twice, mind you, I drove under. Uh, a tree across the road that was being held up by the power line. That's wow. wild. I had no option. Yeah, and if you recall our intern, I don't remember her name, but she, yeah, she had her own episode of Misery. Yeah, she that's was at right. the Dirty Birds house. You know, she got out of her cock a duty car yeah, and right. ended up at the Dirty Birds house. And how long did she spend there? It was like an hour. <laughs> yeah, a couple hours or something, and then some. somebody else picked her up and got her oh out of there. Oh, my God. It was a bizarre year. Well, so. then I ended up getting, I, I had blue hair at the time, if you, if you guys recall, and I ended up getting uh, some sort of stomach bug virus thingy, and I sweated all over my sheets. <laughs> it looked like I murdered a Smurf in my bed. I felt so bad for the cleaning people. By the way, it was intern Christy. We there found it is. Out. It's a Daily Rush video of her <laughs> telling that story. Wow. All right. Well, listen, uh, be careful. It's a tricky drive. Um, a little, few more hours of snow still expected. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a second. We can ease some of your issues with some money, if you like. So yeah. No sad note coming up, as well as the bizarre file. Stay down. 
big game. A football day filled with chicken wings, spinach dip, and those little cocktail weenies. But here at MMR, we've got a very different treat in mind. The new Foo Fighters album, Madison at Midnight, arrives this Friday. And to celebrate, MMR is having a Foo Per Bowl weekend. Okay. What? Someone was using Grohl Bowl. We'll be playing a slew of Foo. New album tracks, deep cuts, the hits, interview clips, and more. Plus, plenty of chances to win the new LP. And tune in Sunday at 6 p.m. and enjoy MMR's halftime show. Foo Fighters, live in concert. You guys want another song? It's a Foo Per Bowl weekend from the station that can admit and also came up with Foo Brewery. 93.3 WMMR. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you by AutopartsExpert.com. Hard to find brand name parts. Available same day. Let's begin with this. Three people died in a shooting in northeastern Pennsylvania stemming from an apparent argument over snow removal. You just knew it was going to happen. During the snowstorm, officials in Luzerne County said gunfire occurred just before 9 a.m. Monday in Plains Township. Neighbors heard about a dozen shots Fired. District Attorney Stephanie Salavantes said that a husband and wife were found shot to death outside in the street, and the body of the suspected shooter was later found inside a nearby residence, his wound believed to have been self-inflicted. So three people dead from this argument. The preliminary investigation indicates, though, that there was a long-running dispute among the parties involved, but this morning the dispute was exacerbated by a disagreement over snow disposal. Uh, the shooter exited his residence and fired upon the couple, killing both husband and his wife. You know what? So last night, as I was cleaning off my driveway, yeah. I was just throwing the snow into my neighbor Steve's yard. Yeah. And just laughingly, I was wondering, you know, I bet this might piss some oh, uppity yeah, neighbors totally. off. Yeah. Throwing snow into their yard. Not, not into not, the driveway. Not into their driveway, not into their, their you know... Uh, their sidewalk or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if some people get so, you know, the crazy lawn people, yeah. maybe they freak out over that. I had too. one moment one time to complain because I was shoveling over, I was shoveling it over the sidewalk onto a, onto the yard. It was my yard. And I'm like, uh, you know, calm down. Yeah, exactly. Right, go inside and make a wok pancake. Yeah, yeah. Law enforcement uh, were led on a slow-speed chase by a pair of 10-year-olds who allegedly stole a large RV from an auto auction yard on Tuesday, this past Tuesday. 10-year-olds stole an RV? Yeah. I'm an adult, and I don't even want to drive an RV. A motorist originally called in the RV after it was driving erratically and trying to, to run another car off the road. Law enforcement found the vehicle and started a slow-speed pursuit where speeds ranged from 10 to 25 miles per hour. Officers were able to bring the RV to a safe stop after popping all of its tires with spike strips. Steve, they busted out spike strips. Oh, my God. For the 10-year-olds. None were injured by the chase. A pair of 10-year-olds were safely brought back to their parents on Tuesday night. Hey, mister. The investigation is ongoing. Hey, mister. Charges are pending upon further investigation of possible damage to the auto auction property. That's a wicked RV. 
In a bizarre incident, four men paid a heavy price after they resorted to some drastic steps to reduce their extra baggage fee at an airport. In an incident that is now going viral, four men got a mouth of ulcers after they decided to eat 30 kilograms of oranges at the airport to avoid paying extra baggage fees. 30 kilograms of oranges. Yeah, so is that, what, about 15 pounds, something like that, Nick? Is it yeah. 2.2 pounds, I think, is a kilogram. Uh, the incident occurred at an airport in southwest China. The four travelers ate the oranges inside the airport itself in a record 30 minutes. A man surnamed Wang and his three colleagues bought a box of oranges weighing 30 kilograms. Oh, no, wait, that's about 60 pounds. I oh, did, I'm sorry, I really? In the, in the reverse direction. Oh, yeah. my God, They okay. ate 60 pounds of oranges between three guys? Yeah, it was during their business trip. During their purchase, uh, they did not realize that uh, the airlines could ask them to shell out extra money as shipping charges for the oranges. And as they prepared to board the plane back home, the airport said that it was going to charge them. Not willing to pay that fee. We'll just eat them now. Which was much more than the price of their purchase alone. The four colleagues reached a census to eat the fruit then and there. It took them under 30 minutes to finish the box. The four men suffered from mouth ulcers from eating so many citrus fruits in one go. In another amusing incident, a woman had faked a pregnancy. This is at another time uh, to uh, avoid baggage fees at an Australian airport. She had created a fake baby bump that contained extra clothes and a laptop charger that couldn't fit in her travel bag. That's more sane than eating yeah. 60, 60 pounds of oranges. Yep. A father has been hailed a hero after he jumped off a bridge and walked across razor sharp oyster beds to save a three-year-old girl from drowning. Scott Winden was enjoying a day out with his family in uh, Sydney, Australia, when of course. toddler Mia Bullimore tumbled off a three-meter ledge into a into water below. Crikey! Mr. Winden placed the youngster under his left arm and then walked over more rock oysters uh, before swimming 70 meters to the nearest exit point. The father of two handed the little girl into the waiting arms of her, her relieved parents, uh, Ian and Phoebe, uh, Mia only sustained a minor bump from the ordeal thanks to Mr. Winden's bravery, but it was a different story for the hero of the hour. He sustained these huge cuts Jeez. on both of his feet. I saw wow. pictures of them. Oh, They're God. nasty. Like you always say, Sydney oysters rock. Uh, cuts as well as lacerations to his lower legs. Oh, these are huge cuts, Preston. Yeah, knees, thighs, oh, and the palm of both hands. God. An ambulance was called, and Mr. Winden was uh, taken to the hospital. He underwent surgery to clean his wounds. Nurse has applied dozens of stitches to the soles of both of his feet. Uh, he was praised for his selfless actions by local police. My dad got cut up by coral one time. Oh. So there's stuff under the water that can, uh, and, and he got cut up pretty bad from it as well, that's razor sharp. Yeah. yeah. You know, like these uh, oyster beds. All right, one last story. Um, let's go with uh, this one. Uh, Google Maps users have spotted a homeowner's explicit rant on the top of their house and speculated that it has been left after the request to blur their home from the platform's satellite view was denied. An enthusiast shared screenshots of the property on Reddit after discovering the rather rude message on its roof on Google Google Maps' satellite view. Uh, They found the house in Mississippi. The property is blurred when on Street View, although it's not blurred on satellite. Google does offer to blur properties on Street View for privacy reasons, although it warns that once it has blurred your house, it is permanent. But it appears the homeowner is not happy with having the property blurred on satellite as well. 
and wrote F-U on the roof in <laughs> wow. huge wow. letters. Wow. Uh, Google has said that it does not blur satellite imagery and that this is done by third-party providers. It added that Google Earth is built from a broad range of imagery providers, including public government, com- commercial, and private sector sources, and that sometimes images are blurred before they are made available for Google to use. How do you get your house blurred if you want to? I don't know. I guess you you got to go directly to Google and put up a big enough of a stink. That's interesting. I've, I've looked into it. It's a, it's a weird little violation of privacy. It doesn't bug me so much, but it's... You don't give consent to have your uh, right. house photo taken, and yet there it is. Just go to Google.com. The top button is blur yes, no. Right. Blur yes, no. Uh, that'll okay. fix it for you. <laughs> All right, and uh, that's what I have in the bizarre file for you. You have a few minutes left to get the word job over to us. You have until 15 minutes after the hour. So J-O-B is our keyword. Text it over now to 45911. You might win yourself $500 or to be in on the $10,000 grand prize, enter it via the MMR app or WMMR.com. We're going to take a break a little bit later on. Guess we're going to have Derek Del Guadio from Derek Del Guadio's In and of Itself one man show on Hulu. Good luck with the No Sad Dough. We'll be back in just a moment. Like what you hear? You can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Hi, I'm Steven Singer, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. You know what I hate? Disappointing my mom. You buy your mother roses, and a week later, they're dead and forgotten. What if you can get a long stem rose that would last forever? Go now to IHateStevenSinger.com and see my famous roses lavishly dipped in 24-karat pure gold in exclusive colors. The only rose guaranteed to last a lifetime. They start at $59. Order now and receive free shipping and have it arrive by Mother's Day. Only at IHateStevenSinger.com. Hi, I'm Steven Singer, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. You know what I hate? Disappointing my mom. You buy your mother roses, and a week later, they're dead and forgotten. What if you can get a long stem rose that would last forever? Go now to IHateStevenSinger.com and see my famous roses lavishly dipped in 24-karat pure gold in exclusive colors. The only rose guaranteed to last a lifetime. They start at $59. Order now and receive free shipping and have it arrive by Mother's Day. Only at IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Um, we should probably clean out my junk drawer yeah. case. You, uh, we, we have the availability of. Yes, we do. Excellent. Uh, Special Nor'easter version of the junk drawer. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's start with this one. I saw this this morning. The Blue Man Group announced on Monday it is 14 year run at Universal Orlando has come to an end. Oh, wow. Yeah. I never saw the Blue Man Group in person. My, I, I did. Uh, my kids did. Very cool, actually, yeah. very good. I, I, it was years ago. Um, you know, they, the 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 uh, attraction was still there for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but um, and it was kind of a buzz thing. But it was cool. Yep. Uh, the group shared that it is done in Orlando in a tweet uh, posted Monday morning, saying, "Well, this is the end of the run at Universal Orlando. Uh, we hope our fans will visit when we safely reopen in Las Vegas, New York, Chicago, and Boston." So they have a bunch of them going. A bunch on of different troops. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, are, but- are they all completely blue or some uh, aqua? I don't know. They're I mean, uniformly the same blue. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the Blue Man Group has had it more than in in, in Orlando alone more than six thousand shows. Wow! In front of uh, millions of fans, they started uh, fourteen years ago. They had a brief departure where it did not go well. They were doing things like Death of a Salesman. Yeah, and, and uh, Blue Man it was just that. wasn't uh, it wasn't clicking with the audience. They don't speak at all, right? They don't, and it was hard to to do that Arthur Miller dialogue. Yeah, uh, so I can understand. I mean, you could sense he was depressed as a salesman, but it 
it just wasn't there. Yeah. Um, so uh-huh. they're, they're canceling, and uh, they Death are of a done. blue man. All right, let me see what else it's we got here. Stop. <laughs> no, we're done with that one. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Nobody cares. You stop. Saw, wait, you stop? Stop at, at Universal? No, uh, in Philly at the Merriam. Um, yes. And that was, did you see that? I've seen it a couple times, yeah. yeah. That's really cool. I like. It's the, really cool. I don't know how much crossover appeal there is between Blue Man Group and Stomp, because they have similar Yeah. Vibes, well, there, there right? is Blue Man Stomp, which Blue, is a hybrid yeah. show, and then there's River Blue Man Stomp, which is all done to the Celtic music. Stomp dance Group thing. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, uh, let me see, do we have that audio over yet? What is this? Um, since, wait, this says I'm blue on it. What the hell is that? I guess it's from... Uh, uh, since we were... Do- just... <laughs> Did you just send it over, Marissa? Who is that? We're going to be talking about Blue Man Group a little bit longer. You know... I, I don't know. Homer's contention, Homer Simpson, is that the uh, Blue Man Group is just a ripoff of the Smurfs. Yeah. Right. Uh, Marissa, who does this song? Any idea the name? It's called uh, Eiffel 65. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I actually that. saw them... Oh, or I sixty five or they, they opened. I think they opened for Depeche Mode. <laughs> really? No. Yeah. Oh um, my god. Uh, okay. Uh, let me see. Is okay. Uh, this this touches on that uh, that Army Hammer story. The actor. Yeah, the cannibal described himself as one hundred percent cannibal in a message to a woman. Reportedly saying that uh, he wanted to, quote, break her rib and barbecue and eat it. Mm. He really uh, knows how to sweet talk a woman. More disturbing headlines emerged this week. Uh, but at some point you may have thought, you know, this isn't the news cycle I wanted. But also the world's ethical human cannibal fetishists don't want it either. So they're upset with Army Hammer. They think he's gone too far. A lifelong cannibal fetish who goes by the pseudonym of Mr. Mookie. <laughs> Said, I was concerned that maybe I was nuts, borderline psycho. Then in the 90s, when the Internet began uh, connecting people of all sorts of predilections, he realized that he wasn't alone. And there were other cannibal types gathering in forums and photoshopping photos of models into giant pots. And a photographer himself, Mookie, thought that he could do better and set up a website called Mookie's Kitchen. Which he filled with shots of women preparing other women to be eaten. He said, I've always approached the website as a safety valve. So he's kind of the Rachel Ray of cannibalism. A fun way to explore the fetish without offering anything remotely like instructions for, you know, killing and eating someone. Oh, uh, no, he says, don't do that. Oh, don't, don't do that. Assist. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. He's not okay. crazy, Nick. <laughs> Stop being that. Anthropologist <laughs> Catherine Gates described visiting Mookie's set to uh, watch a shoot in an informative Village Voice piece, saying the scene is a woman on a giant serving platter going into a giant fake oven, a corn of cob, a corn cob, and a meat thermometer are shoved in places. Uh, for me, he had said, cannibalism is the ultimate taboo. No, this is a different one. This is uh, Regina Watts, who is an erotic writer. Uh, she drew inspiration from the photos on Mookie's Kitchen for a series called Dottie for You, in which a billionaire CEO with an eating bodies fetish falls for his secretary who happens to be a demi-immortal woman who returns in a new body whenever she's killed, ah. thus allowing the pair to play out the entire fetish more literally without anyone dying permanently. Sample subtitles from the series include Dottie Can't Die, Dottie's Bodies, and Dottie is Delicious. So it's basically Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, for Watts's, For Watts, exploring the fetish is a way to push the boundaries of what's possible as a writer. Yeah. So these are people that fantasize about this. They're fan, like fan fiction for cannibalism. 
Well, but but there's there are cannibal fetishists, right. meaning they don't really do it. They just they are fantasize, fantasize about, about it. it. Yes. So, so they're not following through and eating people. So here's the deal. Cannibal fetishism isn't offering an actual serving of a body on a plate, and they are not necessarily interested in eating an actual bite of human. No. Which, even with explicit consent, can get you sent to prison. Uh, in accounts of Hammer's purported fetish, two things are happening. The fetish itself and the allegations of abuse. The conflation of the two uh, and the breathlessness of the coverage is what rankles people who have been doing this particular dance for a long time. I don't so know. the fetishists say, don't really do it. So, Kathy, in your in your dating days, if you were to get with a guy who said... Did I ever eat anyone? Like he said, no, I, I'm not a cannibal. I'm just fascinated by no, it. No, I, by, no, by... Okay, oh, well, okay, you put me at ease now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there a... Um, uh, is this a sexual fetish or just a different type of fetish? I would imagine it is sexual. A I mean, culinary. They, they, they talked about, you know, this corn cob and a meat thermometer being shoved in certain places, ah! so... Yeah. Um, the there are people though who are who are give the consent and will allow things to be cut off them and prepared. We do know about that. You've reported on stories. Yeah, there, and, and, and sometimes, Preston, this is gonna this is gonna amaze you. It goes too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There are people who, who who want to have parts of them eaten too, yeah. which is very weird. So, yeah, I don't want that. No. I I would not. Like I thought that. it was a big thing when I had my first French kiss. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> You haven't had that's nothing. No, that's nothing. There's so much. Out Who there. knew I could I, I could eat curly lips? No. Uh, let me see. What else did we? Did we get that audio that Nick had requested? Not yet. Not yet. What? Not yet. Okay. Uh, I mean, if you want to, we can kill some time by listening to Kanye West. Whoopie do scoop. Why would we? Okay. Uh, who knows? I don't know. There is some another piece of audio that if you want to listen to uh, concerning in the junk drawer, Preston Legos released an album. Oh, okay. Yeah, I read about this. Um, is it the uh, the noises of the? It's stuff the being noises of the Lego bricks mm-hmm. in different scenarios. Are okay. you interested in hearing one of the tracks? Very much so. All right, we'll do track number one, which is sound of one person building with Lego blocks. All right, here we go. That really doesn't sound like that to me. No. Okay. Then there's another track called Searching for the One, which is... Wait, this is kind of doing it for me. Oh, is it? Oh, God. Yeah, I could relax to that big time. There is an ASMR quality to it. That's why they did it. Yep. Yep. So uh, in fact, after I read this story, I went on I went on YouTube and started pulling up videos of sounds I like. <laughs> when I found one which was uh, rummaging through a purse. Ooh. I love that sound. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're going to be my regular Saturday night purse. Yeah. What about the sound and feeling of your hand in a bag of Scrabble tiles? Uh, what about that yeah, sound? yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You like the feel of it? On I your like hands? the feel of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just kind of sitting. Mm-hmm. What about your hand in the anus of a recently deceased donkey? I'm, uh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> yes, color me intrigued. <laughs> oh, I thought we were talking fetishes. I'm sorry. Uh, this is searching for the one, it says? Yes, yeah, so you're looking for one particular brick and you're rifling through the pile. Ooh, Ooh I like this. You better. like that? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yes, very even more so than the last one. And then there's a... Hang on, I'm, I'm almost done. Yeah, I'm almost completed. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, there we go. And then the final one is they call Waterfall. 
I hear you. Too much. <laughs> too, much. too much. Too hoary. Slow down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, let's, let's save some for dessert. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's too much for me. I, I vote number two. I vote number two, definitely. All right, so number two, which is uh, the one. Searching for the one. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, they've uh, they've released these. They, they call it Lego White Noise. I don't know yeah. why they're calling it White Noise. White Noise is not this. This is actual no. noise noise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, noise. Noise. Um, we have the other audio, Wait Preston. What was, <laughs> it's the what Grinch. Was noise, noise. <laughs> it's the from. Grinch. Okay. All the noise, 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 <laughs> noise. Two tibblers and ram tibblers and flankles, <laughs> flankles. Yes. Five-fingered dildos and <laughs> flock suckers. What? what was that? I didn't <laughs> say anything. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Five-fingered dildos? Yes. Huh. <laughs> They're cornhole ticklers and... <laughs> What? Nothing I want! It's Christmas! Is he just in the cave? Lubed up speculum. What? What? Dr. Seuss has a fetish, it looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Nipple clamps and ring wranglers and knob nibblers and labia laminators. What? Nothing! It's Christmas! I hate it! Oh, it's cornhole ticklers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And they'll be playing with their cornhole ticklers. <laughs> I think a dildos. <laughs> okay. Uh, how did we even get there? I don't know. Oh, noise, noise. noise. <laughs> that's, what it, that's where it started. All right, what else we have? We have the LeBron heckler. If you want. Yeah, let me dig through the junk drawer oh, and yeah, find yeah, the yeah, LeBron right, heckler. Right. Re, re, reset the story. <laughs> All right, so what's the story on this, Nick? So the uh, Atlanta Hawks are now allowing some uh, some fans in attendance. And so the L.A. Lakers were in Atlanta last night to play the Hawks. And uh, apparently in the fourth quarter, these um, four people courtside got ejected. And the reason why they got ejected was that uh, this um, uh, man was heckling LeBron and I don't think uh, Le- uh, LeBron's used to that. It happens every game, you know, when right. fans are in attendance. Um, so he starts uh, chat chatting back. LeBron is known for complaining and, and talking to refs, and he'll talk back to fans occasionally. So uh, LeBron sort of gives it back to the guy. The woman whose audio we're about to hear uh, doesn't like the fact that LeBron is giving it back to her husband. Oh. So she starts defending her husband. And does so without a mask. You are required, as you would imagine, to have a mask in attendance at a, at a sporting event. Um, so she has her mask pulled down. And then the four of these people that are sitting uh, courtside get tossed. And then she decided to go on Instagram and rant about it. So okay. I would imagine that the heckling usually doesn't come from your courtside visitors. Not usually. But here's the thing. Um, and I, I was actually talking to Matt Court about it uh, last week. Um, because there are so few fan in atten- fans in attendance, you can hear so much more that's sure. going on yeah. in the court yeah. right now. Yeah, including but here's fans. the deal: if you're a heckler and you're throwing this stuff out, and and they're not responding the whole time, the second that they turn around and give it back to you, you know, you, you you're surprised by that, right. and all of a sudden you're going on on like a yeah, hardcore right, right. defensive. Like, listen, they they've got to still play the game. Yeah, you know, and, well, well, and if you can't take it, you, you listen. You gotta. Well, 
What marvels me is that you have you've had you know spectator free sports. Then you finally let them in. That's why when the story came up, I said, "How are they? How are they? They would have to be courtside for her for them to hear." So you're sitting courtside, and you're. You're yelling directly at the player, not, yeah. it, I, and you yeah. certainly have to have well, a decent chunk of change for that. Yeah. Let's hear this lovely young lady right. out. Right. Okay. Right. Let's hear what she has to say. I haven't heard this yet. Right. Here we go. Listen, let me tell you. LeBron James looked at my husband during the game and cussed him out, and I stood up and I go, don't talk to my husband. Talk to my husband one more time, and I will you up. And he started fighting with me. He goes, shut your mouth, dumb bitch. And I go, you shut your Mouth bitch. Wow. <laughs> well, she physically I threatened will him. F you up. Oh, okay. I wonder how really? much. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. I wonder how much courtside seats are now in like a, you know, very limited stadium. They shouldn't uh, exist to so tell she's, you the truth. She, she's modeling for Instagram. She's clearly yeah. a, of the trophy variety. Yeah. I, I, a case, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's still expensive. Yeah, in no, fact, it should be. You know, it, it, it is expensive and it's an exclusive ticket, especially now, but. They shouldn't be courtside. I mean, wait. You me think, pers- I, I would say that it's not that it's probably less exclusive now. Well, listen, <laughs> I don't know how the hell they're working it, but I agree. If if you're going to do it, also if you're looking to take the precautions and you're do- doing all this stuff in the bubble and all that other stuff, why not keep the spectators a little bit more removed than courtside? That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. I mean, so have them pay their 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 money and have them bump them up a level. Okay, and then doesn't I'll, that seem to compromise the their safety? Yeah, you would think so. I want to go back to what she says. L- literally, she says LeBron looked at my husband during the game and cussed him out, and I stood up and I go, "Don't effing talk to my husband." This was after he was talking to LeBron, right? Yeah, the the, the dude what do you started. Mean, it? Don't talk to my husband. He's how can you not expect to get some of that back? <laughs> yeah. if that's your big beef with this. Do we know what he was saying to LeBron? Oh, he was just, uh, you know, it was typical basketball heckling stuff. Right. That yelling at LeBron to shut up and, and you know, quit quit whining, quit complaining to the refs, that kind of thing. Which LeBron does, but is also used to. Yeah. You know, and he's heard it his whole career. So the end result, you said LeBron had actually said he was not in favor of them being ejected. He talked after the game. There was a post-game press conference, and he said he didn't think that they needed to be ejected. Um, and he actually was kind of laughing about it a little bit. Uh, and he also, uh, LeBron suggested that perhaps they had all been drinking a little bit. Ah. I talked to Joe Crawford before, uh, and Joe Crawford was a longtime NF, uh, not NFL, NBA referee. I mean, he he refed the greatest of all time: Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Larry Bird, Air Bud, Air Bud. Uh, I mean, and LeBron. He said LeBron James is awesome. Oh, okay. He said he's a great guy. Said aces, you okay. know, That's and good. so when whenever you hear him complaining, or you're like, oh, this guy's just a whiny little baby. Um, I'm I'm hearing this from you know one of the greatest referees of all time, um, and you know he I Listen, trust him. Well, th- that's his experience with LeBron James, or maybe other athletes. We don't know, but I yeah. think in this case, Le- LeBron said at least at the end of it all, he didn't think they should be ejected. Right. So he's like, okay, I get this is how this goes. Yeah. Apparently, the uh, the husband in this situation is sixty years old, and the wife is twenty five. Uh, uh, yeah, and she she's... looks a little older than twenty five, but she's like some. She's caked in makeup. Influencer yeah. of yeah. sorts. She's. I'm, you know, I just looked up bimbo. her. 
It's whether you're out shoveling snow or whatever if you're out for some amount of time. So In the know. boardroom or the bedroom. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, like winter gear has gotten so much better than oh it God. was when I was a kid. I mean, when I went out sledding as a child, I wore these galoshes and plastic bags on my feet. You yep. had to walk 10 miles to the schoolhouse. <laughs> I'll tell you what was kind of a game changer, and it was several years ago that they, they finally put it in, is that uh, cummerbund that you can uh, yeah. kind of snap together under yeah. the coat. Uh, Wait, the plastic cummerbund. On. That thing's great. What is that? What is it? Yeah, I have it in my coat. I don't know what it is. Well, it just it it holds the keeps it, the air from it coming up. Seals it. It seals you in at your stomach. Yeah, and that way you don't have like an open air flow from uh, down to your nutsack. Oh. Yeah, right. below down your, and under uh, back to your bunghole. Bunghole. Yeah. 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 Okay, but it's gotten so good that I when I'm out snow blowing or doing whatever, I don't even have to like wear. Like long johns or anything like that. I can just wear a regular T-shirt and shorts if I want to. I have to put the ski pants and, and a yep. and a down jacket. Leave me about a good inch from the where the zipper ends round uh, under my back, back to my, my bunghole. hole. <laughs> uh, yeah, Case, you're you're talking about the technology of, of of heated gear and so on and so forth. Years ago, I remember because I'd seen motorcyclists. You know, they they were they had the, the clothes they could plug in. So yeah. they, and, and I'm like, man, how come they don't have, like, you know, battery stuff like that? And, and you started to see that pop up. Yeah. And then there was only a few specialty places that had it. And now it's it's fairly normal. And, and like, every, virtually every coat I have has that battery capability. Yeah. And they're just designed nice as well. But they're also, they're less bulky. Yeah. Which I love. Well, so I, I bought electric socks for riding my bike in the winter. How do you like them? I love them. Yeah. I love them. But you know, I was I was riding with my cousin, who's like, oh, I don't I don't trust those. And he talked about how he went to an Eagles game years ago, and wore electric socks, and his feet sweat so much that his feet ended up getting cold anyway. I said, well, dude, you're talking about years ago. Like the yeah. technology's gotten so much better. It's not just one heat. You know what I mean? I have no, like three different settings for multiple you know, settings. Yeah. Exactly. By the way, Kathy, a couple of follow ups from texters saying that that cummerbund is actually uh, it's called a powder skirt. And it is for skiers and snowboarders. And when you fall down into the snow, it keeps from snow getting up into your jacket, into uh, your I coat. I don't fall. Right, oh, please. I don't <laughs> ski. Um, I ski. Do you? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. that comes in handy. All right. All right. Anyhow. Uh, so anyhow, the mittens are going to be, uh, she's partnering. Her name is Jen Ellis, and she's going to be partnering with uh, Vermont Teddy Bear Company. And they're going to do it for charity. Nice. Aww. I went to the Vermont Teddy Bear place in uh, in Vermont one time. That's in Vermont. Vermont in Vermont, I went to it uh, when we were on vacation there, and the lady that was and it was basically an actual storefront. It's, oh yeah. Uh, hey, yeah. Mister, can I come in for a chore? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was a. Uh, we had a lady. Hey, Mister. And she, we it was kind of like Build a Bear Calf, where we built our own <laughs> oh, things. But the lady aww. that was helping my children out. Admitted out loud that she had actually seen um, Champ, the uh, Loch Ness monster of uh, Lake Champlain. <laughs> I was like, okay, we gotta this, go. <laughs> this lady's a little bit bonkers. Champ, oh, really? Yeah. Champy, Champ, Champ. Maybe you're right. I think it's Champ, Champa, but Champy. Well, whatever you want to, whatever. Yeah. You wanna, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you go? I've to also a... had six men at once. <laughs> okay. Wait, what? what? Huh? I got my children <laughs> here, lady. Are these bears delightful? <laughs> what did you say before that? And about six men. Did you say six men or something like that? Something like that? Oh, no. Um, 
uh, Casey. <laughs> yes. Uh, the floor recognizes Nick McElwain. <laughs> Did you go to the Ben and Jerry's factory when you were in Vermont? No, I don't think so. I did go to a Ben and... No, that was a in... A Ben uh, and Jerry's? <laughs> no, I went, to, uh, I went to a Ben and Jerry's store in uh, New Hampshire, which is not the question you asked me. No, they have the, the factory, like the, the home <laughs> office, and uh, you get free samples at the end, and uh, it's well worth it. So I went to museum go. ones. Uh, I've been to museums. <laughs> The, I loved... Wait, I had something else I oh, was yes, say. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. floor still recognizes <laughs> Nick McElwain. You I'm still have the floor. The show. Uh, we said last week or the week before um, that there are crappy areas in every state, and I was thinking about it since then, and I don't think that there are any crappy areas in Vermont. Yes, there is. I stayed in Alberg, and um, that is the area. <laughs> so I... Well, this is why I brought it up, because yeah. I, I, I've never been to a crappy area in Vermont, and I'm glad to know that there actually is, because I, I think that that theory had merit, but I, I was trying to disprove that theory. So my problem was that I, I booked our house a little too late, so the pickings were a little bit slim, and I right. wanted to stay on the lake. In fact, so, your realtor was slim pickings. So <laughs> I picked, a, there was a town called Alberg, and we were just a couple of minutes from Montreal. We were as far north in Vermont as you could go. I was scared of the town. Huh. Uh, yes. Locked all the doors. Didn't well, s- there's a place in Alberg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't sleep well uh, the entire time. I was just waiting for some sort of, like, psychopath to, you know, break into our house. Wow. Didn't feel comfortable about the town itself. It wasn't... Uh, Why? What, 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 what was the... Yeah, thing? what did it? Um, it was... Was it the look of the buildings or the, 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 the houses or the properties? The open the- adoration of cannibalism? It yeah. was, like... Rural, you know how like the you get an unfeeling about yeah, uh, an, an uneasy an feeling, an uneasy feeling. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I left out the word I easy. Know. All right, so here, let, let me let me explain to you because I had yeah. a similar um, feeling. <laughs> I had, a, I had a similar sensation in Maine when we were driving through Maine. You were very unfeeling? No, and I'll tell you why. Because we were driving by some very, uh, that was sparsely populated in the areas, and the places we went, went looked very run down. Yeah. And very um, unfeeling. Strange, very unfeeling. <laughs> Uh, but no, they, they listen, they, they, it, it was poor people, and there's nothing, poor people aren't anything to be afraid of, but out in the. And when when you're kind of out in the wild, so to speak, and yeah. you don't know what people are like, and they might be there for a reason because maybe they're a little unhinged. I don't know. Your mind, my mind, kind of starts to wander a little bit, and I get these strange <clears throat> unfeelings about. It. <laughs> that's not, that's not necessary. I think that's fairly common. Yeah. Uh, traveling again, I've, I've been blessed to have been in every state in the union. I've been to some very rural areas, yeah, uh, and. Um, there that you can have two feelings. It can be a quaint sort of right. Yeah. Oh, this is a little thing, and then totally. sometimes there's things like that might be a meth lab right there. Yeah, yeah. And, so, I had... and so it's a dichotomy, and you would never want to just say, "Oh, well, these people are this," and so of course I'm terrified of them. Right, right. But but there are things that you say, "I'm here. I don't know who know, you know who knows I'm here." Right. Those little things that your mind right. You run a safety check. But with that said, and then, then the unfeeling starts. Then the unfeeling right, starts. Right, right. You're like, whoa. I don't know about this place. I... Did that woman earlier say she had been with six men? <laughs> How would she offer me that information in front of my children? <laughs> um, with that said, there are a lot of cute, great places in Vermont. Kathy, I think you would love That's the town. On their of, brochure. You would love the town of Shelburne. Uh, Shelburne Farms is just what? this place what? that what? I want. What? <laughs> 
<laughs> Not Shelbyville. Oh, Shelburne. <laughs> Don't they have a good breakfast place there? Oh, uh, yeah. So I, I and actually, Wait, well, can you tell me why? <laughs> so Shelburne Farms is um. That's a man. No. Oh, that's hoot toot. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, it's this cute little town in Shelburne Farms. I'm trying to stay on point here, guys. Uh, Shelburne Farms is it, it's a really big farm area where you can like milk cows and chickens. And chicken, you can milk chickens, which is weird. Uh, they had a great little farm. The stool you sit on is so small. A farm store with like you know everything was fresh baked. They have a, a restaurant on site where everything that is served at the restaurant is raised on the farm. Murdered right in front of you. Murdered right in front of you. What do you want? No, I changed my mind. I don't want that. Oh. Yeah. All right, that'll be three chickens. Oh Beef steak. Wait, instead of the one chicken, I'd rather have a lamb. Yeah. Um, and then they had these cool little um, walking trails. And uh, we're walking, hiking, whatever you want to call it. And, and it, you walk and you hike up to these At lookouts. At the time? Yes, and right. you walk to these little lookouts that look out over Lake Champlain, and then the Adirondacks are in the background. I mean, it's it beautiful. is just absolutely beautiful. beautiful. Right. Um, yeah, so what I was went, the point of that? that? That this place is much better than the horrible place? Way better than Alberg, which is a creepy little town just south of Montreal. Just a creepy little town south of Montreal. And I was like, I was excited because we were right on the lake, and I was like, oh, we can go swimming in the lake. And there was like... Oh, don't go swimming in the lake. Well, dude, there was like a tire in the lake, you know? Like, it was... <laughs> Uh, and so there are parts of Lake Champlain that are very... Um... No, I'm going to listen to the tires. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are parts of the lake that are... Um, they're trying to clean it up because it's... <laughs> Steve just... on Michelin Pond <laughs> is what it is. Tires don't make sounds, you stupid bitch. <laughs> listen, Norman, the tires are cacoing. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the name of the restaurant for that, that cinder block to tie around my neck. <laughs> the name of the restaurant was called Rustic Roots, and um, the actual owners of that restaurant are from the area. They're from New Jersey. Heard me talking about it and, and reached out, but that was the the place where Steve I had had the best pancake of my entire life. It was one pancake built. built <laughs> It all comes back to pancakes, man. Yeah, it does. And I said build and instead of cook. And then there were the great architects who designed and built the pancakes of the 30s. Ah, <laughs> Buckminster Fuller. They were cooked in a skillet, not built in a skillet. Mm. Oh, well, that was, thank you for building us that <laughs> oh Thanksgiving God, dinner. The story was so choppy with everything in between that I didn't, I didn't even follow. I think it's a farm. Oh, I checked out like five minutes <laughs> Me ago. Me too. I don't know. Casey has an applicable story to just to each level of the sub-story. So. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was no, just... No, don't keep going. I only answered a question. Nick asked me about the... Uh, but you, you, then you have a sub-story that has your the world's best pancake and that you can milk chickens in the other place. And then Kathy would love this Kathy other town. Kathy would love the other town. And, and you, you were afraid of small towns. Shelburne. You would and really you would love, love Shelby. Oh, we moved past that. Yeah. yeah oh. Believe it or not. Uh, that's all we have time for in the juncture. <laughs> that's it? Really? Yes. Oh, my God. Because we've got some pimples we're going to I need to revisit this because I don't I don't feel 100% responsible for that. <laughs> well, the podcast will be out around noon. <laughs> yeah, right. Check that out. Case. I would get a lawyer before you do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break. we got a couple of guests coming up in a little bit. And one is a, a listener, actually. He's checking in. He's a listener in Scotland. 
Uh, and he is a he's best not, haggis I've ever had. Well, listen, he's a Scottish listener. Yeah, he's not he he didn't you know relocate or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And he's got uh, some pretty interesting stories that he emailed Nick about. And we're like, well, let's get him on the phone and talk to him. So we will do that in a little bit. Uh, and then we're going to have uh, this performer. His name is Derek Delguadio, and he has a show called In and of Itself, which is on Hulu, and it's fantastic. And we're gonna we're gonna pick his brain a little bit in a moment. We'll come back in just a second, and and still. More chances to win with no sad dough. 500 bucks. We have an opportunity in a bit. We'll be right back. <laughs> MMR Rock Shop Flash Sale Alert. Preston said it. Good morning, it. Now you can own it. Good morning, it. Good morning, it. Good morning, it. Good morning, it. Just hanging out. Good morning, it. That is the official Preston and Steve. Good morning, it. Coffee mug. Limited time item. Get it through this Wednesday only. Also just added. New Brent Porsche logo hats and shirts and the return of the Pierre beard face mask while supplies last. Plus all your MMR logoed favorites on sale now. So easy and just a click away in the rock shop at WMMR.com. All the merch that rocks. Nick had received an email that he passed along to me, and um, well, I'll just read a little bit of it to you, and then we're going to welcome the author of this email uh, on. I uh, said, uh, hey, Nick, Scottish listener here. Uh, I've not emailed in a few years, and I'm listening. Lately, you've spoken about The Queen and the TV show The Crown with the latest season set in the Highlands at Balmoral Castle. I was a soldier and served there in 1999, the year after Diana died. And he said, uh, anyway, if there's anything I can answer for you guys, just ask. And I don't mean he was just serving in that region. He was at the castle, right? Yes, yes. that's where he worked. And uh, and had some uh, interactions with the, the royal family. Which is very cool. I've, I've been, and it's a, it's a beautiful place. Kathy, you have as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, and I'm curious as to how long Ian's been listening since he said he hasn't emailed for a few years. Yeah, we, we corresponded a few times in the past, and uh, like you said, hadn't chatted for a little bit, so it was cool to catch up with him a little uh, over in email. And, I, and then I was thinking... Why not just uh, hear from the source himself? All right. He's on the line all the way from Scotland. It's Ian Murray. Yay! Ian, good morning. Good morning, Good, good morning. morning. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's international. <laughs> well <laughs> done. Ian, hey, how long have you been uh, listening to the show, Ian? The first show I can remember is Kathy's uh, Team Daddy in the gym. Are, are, are you on speaker by any chance, Ian? No, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm sitting on a digger. Okay, okay. Uh, it, 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 sitting okay. in a what? He's sitting in a, on a dagger. I, it was hard to hear you. I don't yeah. know. We're, yeah. We may have a, we may have a poor connection, which would really suck. But um, anyway, so how? Uh, once again, how long have you been listening to the show? Let's see if we can get that. Like Hey Mac Daddy story with Kathy in the gym. Oh, okay. But yeah, the connection's yeah. not great. Should we should we try it again? Because I really oh, like man. to talk to him, and there's nuance that I want to get, but the connection's really terrible. We, yeah, let's hang up and try to. All right, call Ian. Back. Does what, it, we one of it, let, let's see if someone has a Scottish phone here we can borrow. Yeah. Do we? Do we, do we hold, hold on. <laughs> Before I hang up with Ian, Marissa, do we have the ability to call him back? No, we don't. Uh, he's going to have to call us back. All right. So can we try that, Ian? Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, he sounded better all I know, but yeah. see, once we threatened his phone, it, it, it snapped up. I know. Let's have him call back. Call back in just a second, Ian. All right, thanks. I just I want to talk to him and, and, and hear a proper conversation. I do, too. It's, it sounded uh, very uh, muddled, muffled. Uh, so, But anyhow, so he's been listening since Mac Daddy. Good Lord, how long ago was that? We were in the old studio. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, was it? Yeah, that yeah. was. I mean, that was. Yeah, I think that was when I first moved to Cajahawkin, or at least I was only there a few years because it was at the uh, gym that I used to go yeah. to. Yeah, you just gotten off the bus with stars in your eyes and your luggage. You come to the big city to be a star. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle, baby. <laughs> is, is this me being All right, a star? We're gonna, we're gonna try him again. All, All right, right. Let, let's see if this works better. Uh, Ian, are you there? No. Oh, oh, it's a really poor signal. I think it's your phone. Oh man. Uh, we 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 want to talk to you properly. And let is it is it All should right. we revisit this? Yeah, we're gonna have to have you. Nick's gonna send you an email. We'll we'll have you correspond that way. We'll reset this and do this another time. I apologize, Ian. I could. All right, buddy. We can't even what he said. You know, um, we are working on some technical abilities to have better connections, and and they would be global. It's through an app, so uh, I don't know when we're gonna be able to do that, but. Let's, know, we've, we've let's lamented get that about, thing done. I know. We've lamented about poor phone connections with other interviews in the past. And, and it's, it, in this day and age, it's not necessary anymore. Yeah. We can do better. So. The other day, Rochelle was on the phone with someone, and I was just a, a passenger in, in the car listening to it. She had it on the, on the speaker phone, you know, on the, the, going through the car. And at some point, I guess we hit a part of a signal where, and, I, and I've heard when signals get weird and they sound, you know, for lack of a better term, pixelated. Yeah. Um, but literally... The person went from speaking like this with you hear my inflections yeah. and so on to where it sounded like this with everything. Oh, yeah, that happened yeah. to me. Yeah. The Cylon effect, like, I call it. Like, yeah. even more so, Steve, it was like yeah. literally the thing that they use when people have cancer. And, or, yes. Same thing. And you, you say, I'll call you back later on tonight. Hope you have a great night. It was, and you can still understand them. Yes, but they clearly. Sound, I know. The same thing happened to me. It was freaky. No inflection. Yeah. yeah. Robotic. It sounded, uh, and I. It was kind of hilarious, actually. But and then Rochelle kept on carrying a straight conversation <laughs> with them oh because they don't know. They, they have know. no idea. Yeah, don't talk back. Yeah, it was really, really weird. So, oh, uh, man, I kind of want to be able to. Hit a button and make that happen all the time when you want to. I wanted to talk to Ian. I wanted to find... I mean, working there in close proximity to the Queen would be pretty interesting. Well, he had a, he had a moment where he shared a drink with yeah. her. Oh, man. And so I want to hear about that. And he had, he had nothing but good things to say about the... And he the, actually opened the door to the loo one time. The, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Uh, by the way, here's another uh, email I got. This was, uh, I, I probably should have read this earlier because we were talking about snow and, and the conditions now. Uh, but I got this yesterday because you guys had asked about the um, ice storm from years ago. Yes. And Martha had emailed in. She said, hey, I wanted to call in, but I couldn't get through. Martha. I was working on Jewelers Row when it was literally a glazed city. Hmm. Started trying to walk home on Chestnut Street. <laughs> Everyone was sliding, falling, trying to get a hold of total strangers when everyone on the street started to crawl. And I ended up crawling mostly all the way home to Broad and Task. Oh, oh, crawling. So there's there's a meme that was made. Not, it's not a meme, but it's a, 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 a viral video. viral video that was making its way around. And it was of a, uh, I forget exactly where it was. It was this young lady trying to make it down the street. And could not get any traction. Everything was a sheet of ice. So Preston, at one point, she literally gets on her hands and knees yeah. and starts crawling yeah. down it, the block. Out of complete necessity. Yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. All right. <laughs> uh, so thank you, uh, Martha. She had said, uh, I'm home watching the windows and making baked ziti and sausage or chicken and roasted vegetables Ooh. times like <laughs> I had to crawl home drunk one time uh, because. See? I, okay. No, go ahead. I got a great story. Um 
my friend at home was having people over, and I decided it would be a good idea to rollerblade over to this guy's house and drink my face off. And right. then when I had to get home, I tried to rollerblade home, and I couldn't do it because I was too drunk to do that. And instead of taking my rollerblades off, right. I crawled home. Instead of just walking home? Instead of just taking the rollerblades <laughs> off yeah. and walking home, I crawled. So you couldn't, not only could you not skate, mm. you couldn't walk. I didn't try to walk. I just ro- he left his rollerblades on instead of I left my rollerblades on. Oh, I thought you took him off. <laughs> <laughs> so you just decided to crawl rather than take them off and walk. Just walk. Yeah. Yeah. Seemed like the thing to do it at the seemed time. Seemed like the officer. thing to do. At one point, I had fallen over. There were um, like telephone poles. <laughs> Makes you poles. think that Vermont town might have been a little better than he thought. <laughs> uh, you know, like the, sometimes they use uh, telephone poles on their laid on the side for like parking yeah, blocks yeah. or whatever. Right. I had fallen over one of those. It took me. Um, it took me a good while to be able. I, I was like a, a turtle who fell on his back. Right. I was. I mean, I was. Way too inebriated to really be out in public, but thank God it was like two o'clock in the morning. Can we keep him, mommy? <laughs> All right. Well, back, since, back to you, Preston. Well, since we were we were, we were planning on having a a discussion uh, with Ian, uh, I'll have to find something else we can talk about. And this might be apropos since it does have to do with cold weather. Uh, but this was a guide to <clears throat> how to survive falling through the ice. Okay, oh, this oh, is yeah. uh, this is good um, information. It sadly does happen. Uh, around Absolutely. This time. Listen, when I was uh, when I lived in St. Louis and was was a kid, uh, we would play pond hockey. I mean, it, it was a blast. I would love playing pond hockey, but and and you had to make sure it was a hard freeze and that it was for a few days before you headed out there. You remember but, the dead zone? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But a lot of times it it just looks so inviting, and you just want to go out there sure. on, on the ice, and you might not realize that there are some parts that are thin, yeah. and boom, next thing you're in the water. So. This is a tip to what you need to do to survive falling through the ice. Okay, so here's what you got to do. Number one, you brace yourself and you keep calm. Okay. To avoid going into shock, don't gasp for air or you might begin to hyperventilate. That'd be the first thing that I do. I know, and that is anytime, like we've gone, like water rafting and really cold water. And they, all right, guys, time to jump in the water. Jump in. (gasps) Like immediately, I, I lose my... I lose my breath and I start gasping. The yeah. times I've done the polar plunge and have gone in, I've gone in and not. I've just been. I've kept my breathing regulated, and yeah. it was not. Well, so that was deliberate, like as you're walking yes. in. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you you had that forethought, right? Yeah. Right. And so and and I, and I think it served me well because I, I to me there were people go. <gasps> That's yeah, what and, I did. And they were mm-hmm. sort of panicking, and I was yeah. like, okay, I'm good. There was a polar plunge this weekend in the Poconos where okay. they had to. Basically, carve out the pond or the yeah. lake for, and they carved out a walkway for people to get. I don't now know how people do that. That's a real polar plunge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When they got to break ice for you to get right. in the water, they did yeah, it for Kathy's. That's the real deal. We were, really. You were there too, though, weren't you? No, no. I you was. I was the, the next year. The air temperature was eighteen degrees. Um, but, the, but oddly enough, the 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 water was not frozen where I was near the Chamonix. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I did the same. And uh, Steve, when I did it, the um, uh, there were state police in the river. Yes, right there yeah, yeah, to, that's what they. Yeah, right. And I, and I went out to the furthest point and high five the guy. They 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 were it, it, it was so cold. They they were cautioning against going in above your heart. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The um. All right. So in the Antarctic, I think. We worked with a girl named Liz, who I think it was her who went down there, and you can jump in 
off of this ship in into the Arctic waters, but they they tie you to a rope. Okay, because you're holding this anchor. Yeah. Now they tie Have you to fun. a rope. Yeah, yeah. just in case. Just the, in case. Yeah. By the way, this text says, uh, I fell through the ice and the vision from underwater oh, looking at the hole I fell through still haunts me 20 years later. And oh, I never God. told, he said, and I never told my parents wow. about it. Wow. I can't see how that, that is, I, who hasn't had that fear of falling through the uh, the ice and lo- can't not being able to find the hole? The original Tony Curtis Houdini movie, Preston, has that sequence because he, he had a similar situation like that. And he's going up, and there's just a little bit of a divot um, where he's managing to breathe a little bit, and he keeps trying to find the hole to get back up to the ice. Yeah, he had to go to these uh, little air pockets yeah, yeah, and yeah. every now and then take a breath. Uh, but if you have fallen through the uh, the ice before, please uh, get in touch with us, 215-263-WMMR. All right, so don't, don't try to gasp for air. You might hyperventilate. It says, likewise, thrashing your limbs will cause you to expend precious body heat, which is dangerous. You lose... 32 times the amount of heat in cold water it's, as you do in cold air. It's just be, it's a hard thing to do because you're so shocked. And then it also says don't take off your clothes, don't strip. As long as you're oh, in yeah. the as long as you're in the waters, uh in the water your clothes are actually an asset. Uh they'll hold in body heat and help you float a little bit. Oh yeah. But you know what it is it's really difficult to swim with clothing on. It have you is. Ever, you ever jumped into a yes, water I have. fully clothed? Yes, it I is, have. It's very hard to maneuver. Yeah, especially it starts if you have to, shoes on. It starts to weigh you down quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, it says here, uh, resist that urge. Right. All right, and then you need to get horizontal and roll onto the ice. It says here, pull yourself out on the ice in the direction that you came from, if you can, which should be strong enough to support you, because you had already walked up to that point right. and you broke the uh, right. You broke the weak part. So that area shows that it has resilience. Yeah. So and it, so, so they're saying float if you can horizontally and try to roll up that way. Yeah. So get as much your upper body onto the ice you can, and then kick your legs to propel the rest of your body out. Do not try to stand up. Right. Your body will probably be in shock, and the ice could be weakening. Instead, roll over. You're displacing your weight across more ice. So you're not right. That's exactly it. You roll over the ice to distribute your weight, and you might have it. You'll have a better chance. And it says go back where you came from. Now go uh, back where you come from. Now's not the, the time to forge a new path, even if it looks like a shortcut. Once you're clear of the hole, focus on moving slowly and sure-footedly back to the shore. If you are forced to stay in the water, do they recommend you build a fire? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good for you. First thing you should do. Um, then it says here, don't be a hero. Uh, that is to say, never jump in to save someone. No. Uh, the USS... Throw your friend in. Yeah. The USSSA... USSSA. Yeah, I don't know what that stands for. Uh, says... There's so many S's. I, I know. keep track of that. So many S's. Um, when it comes... Yes, I work for the USSSSA. It's sick. <laughs> They fired me because I was spitting on everyone. Um, when it comes to pulling your buddy out of the water, it says here, just remember, throw, don't go. Use your coat. Black, bra- don't crack. A branch or anything that you can right. uh, for okay. them to grab. So take off your jacket. That's, yes. And throw it out don't, to them. Don't, yes. Going in will only result in both of you in a horrible way. The United exactly. States Specialty Sports Association. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wonder if one of their specialties is ice water Swimming. Diving. I don't really. It's ice water diving. <laughs> uh, and I saw this. Speaking of the ice, the, I don't know where it came from, President, but there was another video. Oh, I watched so many videos. The ice was like glass, like completely clear. Clear. Yeah. Uh, maybe New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were, and it was thick too. 
So you were able to go out and sort of lay uh-huh. on the ice and look at the fish. It was the entire lake was an aquarium. Wow. It was astonishing. <clears throat> um, okay, I invited phone calls, but Casey yeah, says yeah. we can't take them. What? Why? What? Why? Uh, listen, if we... we have a guest coming up, we got to take a break. We want to spend time with the guests and then be able to break and come back after that and do the No Sad Dough contest, right? Yes. <laughs> but also, we want to be able to spend as much time with the guests as possible. Yes. I apologize, uh, but thank you for your calls. Maybe we'll come back to it again another time. Listen, we had to we had to make do because uh, we we lost our connection to Ian, and he's going to give us a call from a landline on Monday. So we'll chat ah, with him hey, next week. Hello, better. Let's take a break. Let's come back in a second. When we return, somebody we're very much looking forward to speaking to, Derek Delguadio from Derek Delguadio's In and of Itself on Hulu. We will be right back. Stay with us. WMMR, polluting more than just the airwaves. At radio.com. We have a guest uh, who I'm excited to speak to. Uh, I was it was recommended to me uh, that I watch his special on Hulu by Casey, and Casey had said, "Look, you know, and, and you know, normally when somebody's recommending something, hey, I want you to watch a show. It's about blah blah blah. So and so, these yeah, people yeah, yeah. they discover this, and <laughs> right, this right. happens, and they give you a, a plot line. Um, Casey just goes, I don't want to tell you what it's about. <laughs> I would just like you to watch it." And and then and and he just he he said here's what what drew me into is when I started watching it because Nick Murphy had recommended he watch it uh, was the opening uh, text on the screen that says put away your cell phone right set this aside now and just watch what you're about to watch in so many words it says something o- like almost that. the kind of preamble you would get if you were at a live show where they exactly were. which is what this yeah. is okay so it's a stage show it's a one man show it was performed 552 times. On a small stage in uh, New York City, so Casey sold me on it by not really telling me much about it. And and we've been talking about not doing the disservice of revealing anything to people who are still going to. We gave a homework assignment, but it needs to be yeah. That needs to be uh, that integrity needs to be maintained. Which is why I'm not sure how we're going to yeah. do this interview. I and say I'm, we bail on. I'm going fi- <laughs> to find out how we're going to do it. But it's funny because well, you know what? Let me let me just welcome on board, yes. and then we can we can do all these other musings. Uh, please welcome. By the way, the show is called De- uh, Derek Del Guadio's In and of Itself, and it's directed by Frank Oz, which is pretty awesome too. Please welcome Derek Del Guadio to the show this morning. Derek, good morning. Good morning. Um, so, yeah, do you do you see the a, a bit of a conundrum here on conducting an interview about this special about this show that we don't really want people to know anything about yet we want to talk to you the creator about it yeah i'm i'm on the other end of it so i understand the difficulty yeah um well listen let's let's talk about the fact that this show ran 552 times uh uh in new york city were you doing multiple shows a day or was it was it one show a day on weekends i did two so yeah one show a day weekends it was two that's a lot it it is and uh, you know uh, but the (sighs) I love a lot of the reasoning behind why you um, did what you did. And again, we're going to be delicate with our conversation because we want to make sure people experience it the right way. Well, let's start with that. I haven't encountered something uh, on this order where people have seemed that committed to allowing other people to experience. So, you know, it used to be years ago. Don't reveal the ending of Psycho. Don't, you know, don't do the. People seem to be um, very encouraged to allow people to experience in the way you, Derek, obviously had intended it to be experienced. That's got to be very cool for you as the artist to see that sort of grassroots effort to maintain that. 
Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, I never asked anyone to, to to stay quiet about it. That's just something that that's taken on a life of its own. I think that the work, I guess, asked that of the audience to kind of not try to describe it, but that's not something that I actually set out to achieve. Right, right. Now, when you uh, when you began performing this this stage show, and and I don't know how things work in the world of of live entertainment, live stage shows in in New York City, um, did it immediately? catch or did it take a few times for word to get out and people started uh hearing about it and then the the theater started filling up yeah it was a snowball i mean at first people didn't know what to do with it and uh, and then slowly but surely people started to to, to show up and tell their friends to show up and and it kind of you know became became a thing uh, what is cool here is that so i um the, i'm a big fan of uh, you know for the classification, you, you're, the whole show is in a way about labels and how we're perceived and what our reality is and, and other um, concepts. But it, there, there's illusion involved and there's other all mm-hmm. sorts of other things that, that are, are finally woven into it. However, um, what happens is is that um, you, you're, you're trying, you, you make the, the, the experience of the audience, you're cutting to the audience a lot, or at least Frank Oz, who directed it, does, so that you can see sure. the reaction. This is something that's atypical a lot in shows like this, because I think the audience is as much of what's going on as are you. Sure, they're the other half of the equation. I mean, it's a show about, uh, it's a show about identity, ultimately. I mean, if we were to boil it down to what it's about, um, and, uh, and you, you, know, you can't have identity in a vacuum, you need others. Uh, for that to be relevant. So the, the audience was the other half of the equation. So they were, you know, a really integral part of the experience. Uh, Derek, yesterday I listened to a, a podcast with uh, Frank Oz and Mike Birbiglia, who's seen the show twice on stage. And, and uh, listening to Frank talk about his experience of filming this with you, it was interesting because he, he talked a lot about stuff that, that that they shot that ended up not a, a part of the finished product, a lot of backstage stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm really curious as to what your experience was working with him and allowing your vision for what the stage show was to become his vision for what the movie was. How did that collaboration work? Well, I never let it become his vision. That's how it worked. Um, we, we worked on it together, and uh, and he was he was very very kind to let me have input and to help shape what this film is uh, because he knew that ultimately it was it was it was my you know it was what I wanted it to be on stage, and he wanted to make sure that it was ultimately what I wanted it to be on film as well. Yeah, the people who who get that allow usually allow the the vision to remain intact and try to help you know you as the artist uh, reach that reach the realization. Um, I was curious because uh, I I was reading an interview and you said that in a way the film is truer to the show than the live show. Um, yeah, and, and and explain how you feel and why you feel that is. Well. <clears throat> The, the show for me was not one show. It was the entirety of the shows. It was all of them. I, I, I saw the the all, every single individual performance strung together as as the actual one performance. And you can't experience that live. You can only experience the part of it, the one, the whatever one show you're seeing. And I think the film captures the totality of what I was trying to to make. And so you, you can't see that, um, you know live and so i think the film captures it really well it's it's funny because there's a dynamic that exists in 
uh, and there's a smaller audience for this, and people who will watch it will, will see it, and people who have already seen it know what I'm talking about, and that, and that intimacy is something that's very cool. But there there is an energy that is often sought by people trying to translate something like this to film, and it, and it fails. Mm. What, what do you believe is the one key element that makes this work the way it, it does as a film? I think part of it was the intimacy that that was actually in the live performance. I think a lot of live performances, there's an energy that's usually uh, bigger because they have to be for the stage, and I, we just didn't do that live. And so what happened was is it actually looks more like film. Like if, if there's such a thing as acting in it, it looks more like film acting than stage acting. Right. So yeah. I think that's that's a big part of it. Um, the the show is um, it's very uh, obviously it's rehearsed. It's very calculated. You have specific points yeah. and, and things that need to be done on each and every performance along the way for this to carry on, which it has, and that'll make sense for people who've seen it once they with the, see what happens in the show that it does continue to carry on. All these shows are linked together, but um, did it with that in mind? And, and there's a, there's a story and it's autobiographical. Did it evolve over those 552 performances in any way, or did it stay exactly the same every single time without the, the, the you know, the uh, obviously the interactions with the audience are going to be a little bit yeah. different, but but the rehearsed portions of it, were they the same or did they change along the way? Um, the, in New York, the text stayed the same, and the okay. actions, for the most part, stayed the same, but it, it was... Um, it was more of the unspoken things that actually that actually evolved over time, uh, which sounds strange, but it's kind of the in between moments that actually found you know found their place as as time went on. Was it hard to muster those emotions sometimes? I know what you're talking about, like physically seeing you, watching you react, and some of the right. things that happened. Was it hard to to make that happen night after night after night? Uh, I, I, yes and no. Yes, in that it was it was draining to 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 do that um but no no in that i really i I was fortunate enough to be saying things that i believed in and Mm -hmm. and wanted to convey and so it wasn't difficult in the sense that i really was just trying to make it legible each night and wanted to really like here's another opportunity to do this and so it actually it actually deepened over time um as opposed to i think a lot of state shows you know, an actor has to like say someone else's words over the course of months, and sometimes they lose the meaning over time. But for me, it, it deepens, and and it actually made it—I wouldn't say easier in terms of of doing, but easier in terms of accessing because I understood the. I understood what I was doing better by the by the end of it than I did at the beginning. So Stephen Colbert is a uh, one of the producers on the show, and he uh, he had obviously seen the show from the time he had seen the show was obviously mm-hmm. swept up by mm-hmm. it. How soon before he's making the entrees and and attempting to uh, help orchestrate this? Or did you, in fact, know that he was a fan and come in that way? Yeah, no, I, he um, he wasn't a part of it until, I would say, maybe six months after after he saw it. Uh, maybe maybe even longer. Um, and it was it was really and it was accidental. I mean, I was searching for for people to help. Uh, you know, uh, produce and fund it. Really, um, I wanted like you know HBO to buy it or something and help us produce it in terms of the finances and and so um, I had a relationship with Stephen just based on going on his show once um, and felt comfortable enough asking him who I should talk to at Showtime because CBS's company is, is also affiliated with Showtime. And so uh, he, instead of pointing me in the right direction, he said, can I actually, can I help you shepherd this over? And I said, sure. And 
we did, and we tried to we tried to convince Showtime that it was worth making, and they they didn't think it was. Uh, so he <laughs> said, uh, and uh, and then neither did a lot of other people. And and he said, I want to help you make this. I, I said, I want to help you make this, and I meant it. So um, he and his wife Evelyn, you know, had a, had a side conversation and came back and said they wanted to do it themselves, which is an incredible, you know, leap of faith on their part, and uh, forever grateful for it. In 1994, my uh, dad took me and my brothers to see a movie called Forrest Gump. And we asked my dad, why are we going to see this movie and what is it about? And my dad re- replied with, it's about this guy's life. And and I've been thinking about that in, in terms of your movie and your show because uh, you don't want to tell anybody anything about it. You want them to experience it on their own. Um, but it also is um, – it, it, it's a bit um, defined uh, by the parameters of your life. And so I'm curious yeah. as to – when this is finished, what yeah. comes next? That's what I was wondering. That's a really good question. I, I you know, yeah. I mean, I did this show to uh, to kind of, um, in a sense, understand who I am in the context of what I do in the world, and and how to how to be in it in a way that's not as defined as people might want it to be. And the irony is, is now I'm the guy who did that show. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You can't help it, though. No one, and it's a salient point, is no one escapes existence without labels. It's just what it it is. Uh, I wanted to ask you, as the hype builds and it becomes the thing, and, and, um, you know, uh, is that something you're you're um, adroit at processing, or do you sort of uh, demure from it as you become the buzz thing now? Yeah, no, I'm trying to I'm trying to to, to let myself appreciate the the response that that the film's getting, which is which is really nice, um, but also not think about it or hold on to it, so right. that I can be sane enough to move on to the next thing. Nice. Uh, if you're just tuning in, it's uh, Derek DelGuardio with uh, Derek DelGuardio's In and of Itself, which is on Hulu. Uh, now, it's, uh, it's got a 100% rating on toma- uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it became very, very popular on stage. And, um, you know, celebrities like you had mentioned, uh, Colbert and, and, uh, and Frank Oz, who got involved, who would become fans of it. When celebrities would show up in your audience, did you know it before you would perform the show? Or would you happen to find out about that later on? Um, sometimes I would know. It depends on if like my assistant can get back to me and tell me in time or if they came, showed up late or something like that, I might not find out. And sometimes it worked out to my disadvantage in the sense that, um, like one night, uh, everyone was buzzing that Bradley Cooper was in the audience uh-huh. and, and, uh, and so, every, and you know, all the ushers, Bradley Cooper's here, Bradley Cooper's here. And, uh, and I walked out and the, you know, I can see everyone cause it's a small theater and, and I went through the entire performance, and by the end of it, I'm like, I don't, Bradley Cooper wasn't in the audience. <laughs> and 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 sure enough, afterwards, they're like, yeah, it was a different Bradley Cooper. He just had the same name. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god! And, uh-huh. and 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 as it turned out, as it turned out, because because I was told Bradley Cooper was in the audience, and kind of wondering where he might be, I missed Oscar Isaac sitting in the front row. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, I mean, I recognized, I recognized him, but it didn't register <laughs> until it was over. I was like, oh, wait, that was... And then there were Star Wars fans waiting outside the theater to have oh, a sign. Oh, that's wild. wild. Um, so during the course of the show, you, uh, as uh, Nick had pointed out, you tell a lot of stories, and these are life stories, and I just wanted to ask if every single story that you told on stage is in fact a true story yeah 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 yes 
I, I understand, uh, even though I tell people it is in the show, I understand the, why some <laughs> might think that they're not true. But, yeah, they are. Uh, I wanted to also ask you concerning, I'm a big fan of the movie The Prestige. I uh, love it, uh, Christopher Nolan sure. film. And you served as, I assume, a, a technical advisor on that film? Yeah, I was a, I was a consultant on it uh, when I was young, much younger. How, how many of the um, things that are done in that, uh, I, I know Nolan is, is, is very precise, uh, were done uh, in in camera? Was there any, uh, tech, you know, CGI fudgery or anything of that nature? There, there was a little bit. No, a lot of it was in camera. And, and really it was, it was uh, especially the stuff that the actors themselves did. Not, not like some of the bigger illusions, like the, the door transposition and stuff like that. But... Um, but yeah, like like you know Christian Bale doing some sleight of hand and 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 Hugh Jackman, yeah, that they they absolutely it took it very seriously too. It was really really nice because the the you know a lot of actors or some actors wouldn't have, um, and they did. They're they're real you know craftsmen. Uh, Derek, you got a book coming out called uh, A Moral Man: A True Story and Other Lies. Uh, it's uh, out next month. Um, what what is that uh, uh, book about? Is it is it touch on in and of itself? Is it a uh, a book version of that, or what what are we can we expect? There's some intersections. It's a um, it's a it's a true story uh, that I've I've taken from my life and turned into a, kind of an allegory about uh, re, you know truth and reality and uh, and yeah, it's a you know a parable of sorts. Okay. Is it is it titled uh, a moral man or amoral. or a moral man? Well, that's for you to decide. Okay. <laughs> um, so with this, so so the book is going to be the next uh, big focus, and, and are you currently kicking around ideas for another stage show or another uh, medium perhaps, television, films, who knows? Yeah, I think who knows is the answer. I think okay. right now, I mean, obviously it's hard to think about anything live right now for several reasons. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I think, I think uh, you know, finding other mediums to play in is, is, is what I'm interested in. I think the obvious next step, uh, Derek, would be doing uh, goofy dances on TikTok. That yeah. would be... Uh... Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. You ever been to Philly, Derek? <laughs> Derek, have you ever been to Philadelphia? Oh, Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. It's a great town. I love it. Would you uh, Would you take the show on the road ever? And if so, could you bring it here when things open back up? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> I, I, it's, 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 uh, it's been retired. Um, I, it really was a very, very difficult show to do. And I, I can't imagine doing it on the road, uh, right. just cause, just cause it technically is very, very hard on me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, other things happily. All right. All right. Well, listen, Derek, we just, we wanted to get you on. We were blown away by it. Uh, it's a very, um, it's a very moving piece. It was moving for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I cried on a number of occasions and I mean that in a, uh, it was just emotionally it touched me. It was really great, and and obviously there's amazing spectacles to be seen, and and a great story, and a lot of emotion, and and a really cool thing. So we're happy for your success, and looking forward to checking out the book. So uh, thanks a bunch for giving us a call this morning. Well, thank you so much for having me, guys. You guys are great. Thank you. Appreciate it, Derek Delguadio, guys. It is called In and of Itself. Derek Delguadio's In and of Itself, and it's on uh, Hulu. And uh, God I think bless we, I, you for knowing the pronunciation. I would never, his last name is uh, Delguadio. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm, I'm glad we pulled that off without giving anything away. Yeah. I think we did okay, right? Yeah, yeah I think we did well. Uh, you, it's one of the things that you, you know, you do... Um, you do care about uh, people getting it the right way. Yeah, you know why? Because I want them to... I want them to experience the way that I did. Yeah. And, and because in the I, nude. I felt it was better being naked. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, no, but listen, when I was watching it, I'm sitting there, and there was, like, everybody else in my house doing things, and I just, they would come in and look at me, and I had this really intense mm. look on my face. Like, you know, they're they're over here talking, saying something to me, blah, 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 blah. And that's uh-huh. kind of, they could tell by my reaction that I'm like, what you're saying to me right now is not registering because I am focused on this right now. I didn't even want to hit pause. You know, I, I had to yeah. go to the bathroom at one point and I was like, I, I just, I want to make it through this whole thing. I'm going to piss right here. Man. Yeah, so yeah. I did. And uh, my girlfriend got upset. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, but um, the, the recommendation of putting your phone down is a really good and strong one and should be adhered to. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I never watch TV like that. I know. And, and uh, you did. And, and I did. I did it. I'm doing <laughs> it. Hey, mister, I love your play. Uh, <laughs> hey, mister. All right, our, what are we doing? We can do the bizarre file here. All right. And then yeah, we're going yeah. to give a word. And we're going to do the word. Mm-hmm. What do you expect to pay for that amazing bizarre file? All right, here we go right now. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's bizarre. bizarre File. Brought to you by Horizon. Uh, this this month only. This month only. Receive up to two hundred dollars off select plumbing services, and you can get a free water heater or garbage disposal inspection. Visit Horizonservices dot com. Uh, let's start with this. The internet understandably freaked out when a woman on Twitter shared a series of photos she said she got from a friend. The photos appear to have been taken in Australia and show a huge amount of large spiders piled up. In two ceiling corners oh, of the room, God. no. The Twitter user had captioned the photos. <laughs> that a friend of mine in Sydney just went into her daughter's room and found this. When people accused her of the photos being fake, she then shared a video to follow mm. up. And the spiders are huntsman spiders. Oh, they're big mothers. They get gigantic, and they can oh. achieve a leg span of up to a. Foot. Uh, uh, luckily, they can. They're considered these are smaller a, ones, though. A low risk to humans, by the way. Yeah, that uh, doesn't matter. No <laughs> word on what the family uh, uh, that uh, had all the spiders in the house did about the issue. Some people recommended burning the house down, <laughs> but it's a uh, it's a lot of them, man. That's freaky. No, thank you. A man was taken into custody Saturday after he fell from the ceiling into a women's locker room at a fitness center. Oh man. The incident took place at One Life Fitness. Police allege that a man was secretly looking at women when he fell about 10 feet from the ceiling onto a woman in the locker room. Uh, The woman had minor injuries but was not transferred for further medical attention after being checked out by rescue workers. The suspect, who was a member of the gym, was cornered outside the locker room by other patrons who heard the commotion. Uh, He was held at bay until deputies arrived and began an investigation. A nipple ring. <laughs> uh, Brian Anthony Joe was charged with burglary and three counts of peeping or spying into a building and vandalism. I love when these guys fall through the roof. And they do occasionally, I yeah. I love And video of it yes. is one of my favorites. Well, the Wisconsin pharmacist who intentionally sabotaged hundreds of doses of the Moderna coronavirus vaccine because he thought COVID-19 was a hoax, also believes that the earth is flat, This guy is actually a shield put up by the government to prevent individuals from seeing God. That's according to a newly unsealed FBI search warrant application, which the Bureau filed earlier this month requesting permission to analyze an iPhone, a laptop, and a thumb drive seized from Stephen Brandenburg when he was arrested. 
Federal authorities accused Brandenburg of purposely destroying 570 doses of the vaccine by twice removing a box containing the vials from the refrigerator at Advocate Aurora Health Systems, where he worked the night shift. Brandenburg knew this could spoil the vaccine, which could only survive for up to 12 hours outside of refrigeration. The damaged doses that he tampered with are subsequently given to it, were given to at least uh, 57 patients. Uh, Brandenburg's delusions went far beyond doubting the reality of the coronavirus. Not only did Brandenburg insist the microchipped vaccine would turn off people's birth control and make others infertile, he was convinced that the physical world around him was not what it seemed. A co-worker said some of the conspiracy theories included the earth is flat, the sky is not real, rather it's a shield put up by the government to prevent individuals from seeing God and that Judgment Day was coming. Uh, the co-worker, Sarah Sticker, told authorities that Brandenburg carried a forty-five caliber handgun to work, which he said... What kind of ne- pharmacist is this? He needed in case the military came to take him away. I know, it's what I was thinking. Uh, cops seized several firearms from his home on New Year's Eve. I just want an enema, dude. Uh, Sticker <laughs> told investigators she saw Brandenburg researching the vaccine on his work computer, looking to see if there was a mechanism on the boxes that tracked the vial's temperature. So he very much oh, boy. knew what he was doing. All right, we have time for one more, I believe, here. Uh, let's go with this. A Detroit woman has claimed that a thief stole... Her entire front porch off of her home while she was at work. You shouldn't do that. India Gardner, who builds trucks at the Chrysler plant, returned home on Saturday from a long day at work only to find the culprit had slipped off with her porch. What the hell? Uh, A before photo of Gardner's home shows her green steps connected to the residence, but in the after photo, all of the steps have been removed. Why was the porch stolen? In addition to the photos and to prove naysayers wrong, Gardner shared a video of her home. She said, this is for y'all who thought my porch didn't get stolen. It got stolen. Uh, She explained that she literally tripped before realizing what had happened as she was trying to make her way inside her home. She said, whoever has my porch took my railings with it as well. Not the railings. And I didn't know that I would be buying a porch. You know, it's funny, but it's not. Uh, I'm laughing, but I'm pissed off. That is very bizarre. Uh, Gardner says that she also asked her neighbors if they had seen who snatched her porch, but she wasn't able to get any description of the thief. And yesterday, did you see somebody leaving with my porch? Uh, since the incident occurred, Gardner has uh, started to GoFundMe in order to replace her stolen front porch. Yeah. That is what I have in the bizarre. You don't hear that often. No. Uh, let's do this. 93.3 WMMR presents. No All right, let's do this thing again where we give away $500. The word that you need is play. P-L-A-Y. And you have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter it. Three ways to do that. Via text to the special contest short code, which is 45911. Or... It'll also be entered for the $10,000 grand prize. Enter it via the MMR app or at WMMR.com. One random entry wins $500 in the company-wide contest, and that person will get a call from Beasley, so make sure that you answer the phone. Contest rules are available at WMMR.com. It is sponsored by Stakem. Once again, the word is play, P-L-A-Y. Enter it now. Let's see if you win the money. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Tattoos Day, mind you. 
and an opportunity to win a $350 gift certificate from Floating World Tattoo and Piercing on South Street. Text word tattoo 39333. You might be winning in a little bit. Uh, and if you want to check out some of their artwork samples, you can certainly do that. They have a website, floatingworldtattoos.com. And if you go to Instagram, check out their page at Floating World Tattoos, their account, I should say. All right, so we're going to do the lesson question today. And uh, we're going to give away uh, one of Steven Singer's famous real 24-karat dipped gold roses. Carrot dipped. Oh, I love a dipped carrot. 24-karat gold dipped roses. <laughs> oh, okay. You just switched the words. I did. Okay. You can't really dip a carrot in anything, right? No. I'm sure well, you can. sure you yeah. could. I, I, I dip it in hummus and hummus? cheese. And, yeah. You know, oh, sure. cheese. Cheese dips. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I said, I said something last night. God, I wish I almost called you guys. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. And it was, Casey, it was like a slicely thin. thin. <laughs> oh, really? Except thinly slicely. No, it's thin, slicely. Slicely thin. It was just like that. It's going to hit me at okay. some point, and I will just say it randomly, but I can't remember it now. Bert and Bernie. Lesson question. No. Er, Bernie and Ert. All right, so... <laughs> The question is, what type of sex toys does the Grinch like? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. You can name any one of those yeah. that came up during that particular conversation. What type of sex toy does the Grinch like? 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, let's uh, get some entertainment stories. What's going on, Steve? Well, Michelle Pfeiffer revealing why she passed on starring as Clarice Starling in The Silence of the Lambs. Pfeiffer says she thought the original script had promise, but felt it could have benefited by giving Clarice a clumsy, slobbering St. Bernard. (laughs) And 43-year-old Tom Brady saying he has every reason to believe he will be playing up to and past the age of 45. Brady says he has an intense new commitment to the sport ever since wife Giselle Bundchen entered menopause. Oh, oh my God. And finally, Wendy Williams finally admitting to having had a brief romance with legendary rapper Notorious B.I.G. Williams says she found great comfort in learning that one of Biggie's final words was Wendy, even if the words before it were, I'm finally free of. (laughs) (laughs) And that's your Hollywood track. All right, let's see if somebody can get the answer to this question. Uh, what type of sex toy is the uh, the Grinch like? 215-263-WMMR. It was Dave who was in first. All right, Dave, how you doing, man? Dave! I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. What's that? I said good morning. It. Good, good morning, morning it. to you, sir. All right, so what type of sex toy does the Grinch like? That would be a five-finger dildo. Five-finger dildo, yes. <laughs> We would have also accepted cornhole ticklers. <laughs> and so Dave has got himself one of Stephen Singer's famous real 24-karat gold-dipped roses. I'm going to mess that up every day. All right, we're going to do music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you by your local Confidence Plus Service Center. When your car needs service, head to your local Confidence Plus Service Center for trained, experienced technicians and a national warranty covering parts and labor. Info and locations at myconfidenceplus.com. Let's see. Ah, You know what? Well, I had this story earlier this morning, and I did an entertainment news, but I should mention it at least. 
in music news, but uh, actress Evan Rachel Wood has accused uh, Marilyn Manson yes. of abuse. And, Overtly, clearly. Yeah, so, uh, and his record label has dropped him at this point, and a few other uh, companies in relation to him have dropped him, and I don't have that story with me, but apparently they were together for years, and she says that he had, quote-unquote, groomed her uh, for years to um, essentially take the abuse that he had given, and there were uh, uh, there were times when she would try to leave, and he would say he was going to kill himself and so on, so mm. it, was, it was a very toxic Sounds healthy. situation, according to her. Uh, so these are allegations at this point, but due to that, uh, the record company that he is with, uh, Loma Vista, is going to be um, ceasing to uh, do promotion for his current album and any other projects in the future. And we'll obviously find out when more comes out about this. He has denied the claim. Yes, he has. Uh, so when we get more information, we'll pass that along at another time. I have some other things uh, to go to. Dave Grohl says that he still has vivid dreams about Kurt Cobain. Grohl, who is releasing his latest album with the Foo Fighters at Medicine at Midnight on Friday, told The Independent that Cobain's death uh, nearly curtailed his uh, musical career, revealing, I wasn't sure if I'd ever play music again. I turned the amplifiers off. I was lost. He said um, that he spoke about the times that Cobain visited him in his dreams. He said, they always give me this initial burst of happiness and joy because Kurt is always in them. And it's like, oh, he's still alive. Uh, there's never an explanation for that, just this lovely feeling. And then it all goes wrong when we go on stage. There's no one in the audience. My drumsticks stretch to the size of telephone poles, all that kind of thing. I honestly believe that there is some energy or interconnectivity that makes those encounters more than just dreams. I'm not a psychic or anything like that, but I do believe that there's an energy to those dreams that makes them more than hallucinations. Dave spoke frankly about his and Cobain's relationship. He said, of course, we loved each other. Uh, we were friends. But, you know, there was dysfunction in Nirvana uh, that a band like Foo Fighters doesn't have. You also have to realize uh, from the time I joined Nirvana to the time that it was over was only about four years. It wasn't yeah, very, that's right. Yeah, it wasn't a long period of time. Grohl says that a, there was a lot uh, going on. He would rush to get to work, but Cobain would purposely take his parking spot. Oh, no. no. Yeah. You can't do that. But he said, was I close to Kurt as I am to Taylor Hawkins? No. But they did love each other as friends. Shinedown fans can expect a new album from the band in the not-too-distant future. Frontman Brent Smith said that uh, they already have nine songs for the project. The latest album, Attention, Attention, was released in 2018. Uh, Smith has also been busy with a side project with uh, Shinedown's Zach Myers, and that's, of course, Smith and Myers. He said, COVID-19 is the worst thing, though I'll be honest, Zach and I are among maybe the 10% of musician, uh, the music population still able to do live events. As Shinedown, that would be impossible uh, though for the last two months, I've been working with Eric on Shinedown 7, and we're about nine songs into that. But as Smith and & Myers, and with a couple of crew guys, live shows are just about doable. Uh, you have to duck and dive, he said. Uh, Shinedown had to cancel their 2020 deep dive tour date, so in the meantime, Smith & Myers released two albums of both original songs and cover songs. Taylor Momsen has opened up about giving up on life after losing her partner in crime, Cato uh, Kondwala and Soundgarden's Chris Cornell in one year. Uh, she had said in an interview that she had reached her lowest point after Cornell's death. She said, I was at a transitory state in my life where I had to make a very conscious decision because I was in such a dark place to either make the decision of death, as in I'm going to die with what I'm doing doing to myself right now, or I have to change and I have to move forward. And I don't know if I ever would get out of it 
and I really don't know if I wanted to. Uh, shortly after reaching out to Cato to get the wheels in motion and returning to the studio, uh, she got the call that he had been killed in a motorcycle crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said that uh, this was the nail in the coffin. She explained, I had given up on everything. I gave up on life. I looked around and I thought, everything, uh, everything I love is dead. What's the effing point? But she managed to gather herself and... Uh, Gotta go on. Doing great now. Yes. And then one last thing. Serge Tankian will release the music video for Elasticity on Thursday. Elasticity. 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 The system of a down front man shared a teaser on Instagram Monday. The Flyers mascot is greedy. And uh, discredited fans to look... No, he didn't discredit them. Why would he discredit his fans? He directed fans. The fans stink. That's right, it stinks! (laughs) That ain't you! You're better than that! (laughs) Directed fans (laughs) to look for the full-length video directed by Vlad Kaptur on YouTube. Why um, so late for the video? I don't know. Uh, the single serves as the title track of a solo. Here's how we do it. We do the song, and then 20 years later, we do the video. Uh, well, yeah, I don't really know. No. Um, He's a well, no, you're, th- you're thinking of toxicity. Oh, so am I. I thought you said toxicity. Elasticity. Oh. I was playing off of it. I was, oh. I was having some, some fun with it. I, I said elasticity. Uh, the single serves as the title track of his <laughs> solo collection of songs originally written for System of a Down. It, oh. it just seemed rather late to come out with a video. Did you think of the words that you mixed up yet? No. Damn. I can't. Uh, I was in the pantry. Okay. It, was, it had to do with food, and I can't remember what it was. My so, dog's food is, uh, and I'm going to mess it up, it's moist and meaty, and we say meast and moity. Meast and moity. Meast and moity. No, moity and meast. I love that. <laughs> It was just like that. Yeah. I just can't remember <laughs> what product it was I was talking about, but I it was I, I like stopped mid sentence and I'm like, what the hell did I just say? <laughs> Meast and moity. I like the word moity. Yeah, it's like no, it's totally moity. It's, it's like moity mouse. Yeah, moity mouse. Moity mouse. Moity moose. Hey, does your dog dig uh, moist and meaty? Uh, Reggie will eat anything. Yeah, uh, Fozzie, we have to. We have to put things in the Meast and Moity uh, in order for him to eat it. Fozzie's so, still pissed you brought Reggie home. Uh, no, Fozzie's <laughs> always been a picky eater. Like, he'll look at me and go, dude, I'm not eating this slop. You yeah. know, so, uh, and my mom I'm doesn't. i one of your halls. <laughs> my mom doesn't help <laughs> when she makes him fried egg sandwiches, you know. What? <laughs> yes. Like sandwiches. Sandwiches. Well, like he's got hands, he's going to eat it. Wait, I, I want, didn't we have this conversation? My, my friend has the same type of dog that Casey has, and yes. she makes him home-cooked meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And when she goes to work, she leaves lunch for the babysitter to feed the dog. Yeah. Well, the, the, I'm talking like chicken, rice. Yeah, like, but not okay. sandwiches. Yeah, dogs right? require a different menu. Uh, you know, uh, again, uh, it's like leaving fondue forks out. And yeah, 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 enjoy. Right. Yeah. Would you like some chopsticks? Yeah. Have yeah. A good you know? time. So my mom will make pork roll for him, and she will actually cut it up. And I'm like, <laughs> make <laughs> sure you pair it with this wine. <laughs> I'm like, you know they had fangs that cut their meat, you know? <laughs> meat. But in fact, they're called canines. Yeah. 
But uh, the sandwiches, that's interesting. <laughs> that, yeah, you're right. Yeah. The, 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 the purpose of a sandwich is that you can hold your food. Yeah. Yeah. So, so put the eggs in the middle of the two pieces of bread. And oh set it on in, in a tray or yeah, something? Yeah, or, put it or in, or a, in a bowl. No, she put it in a bowl. Okay. Yeah. And uh, sometimes the dog will eat it and sometimes it won't. <laughs> The, the one that floors me the most is she will... Hey, she so will... you have to do this video that's up in our We're studio. We're looking at a video where people have dra- put, they've, they've draped a jacket over the dog, and then they have the human hands coming through the jacket, and they're feeding the dogs as if they're eating sandwiches. Please I do this, please. love that. Please do that if he would sit still with that on There's it. another one of a dog. He's sitting at the table, and he's, like, essentially reading the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get enough of that one. Oh, my God. But my mom will, will make... Cheerios for the dog, right? And she'll pour the Cheerios in a bowl with milk, and then because now, wait a minute, because no, 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 it goes on because it's regular Cheerios. She sprinkles sugar on it because that's the way she likes it. I'm like, the dog does not need that sugar. That's bad for their teeth. Yes, and yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I know. Tell her not to feed straight. I mean, okay, chicken and rice stuff like that. Exactly. That's fine. Yes, but I mean, but but Cheerios. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not give the dog Twizzlers? Hang no. on, Cheerios with with sugar and milk. And milk. Oh Tell me she's not giving him chocolate. Uh, no, no yeah. she's, she knows better than chocolate and, and onions are really, really bad. Wait, why is chocolate bad for dogs? I've always heard that. It, it never... F's with their systems. Well, it can, it can yeah. dehydrate. They, they can have diarrhea and it can dehydrate them and they can kill them. Oh. Uh, so, yes, yeah. the chocolate is it can be toxic because of what it does to the body. And that's what I've been told. I'm not 100% sure on that. But, yeah, I know someone who's... Dog got a hold of a like a you know a bag of chocolate, ate it, and died. died. Oh my! Died God. from it absolutely because it had uh, diarrhea that couldn't be controlled after that, and essentially ran out of you know electrolytes and, and everything. It crapped itself, it yeah. itself to yeah. death. So <laughs> Cheerios yeah. with sugar and milk. and milk and sandwiches. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, let's take a break, <laughs> but make that video if you can. I would love to see that. My dogs won't sit still for that. Let's take a break and come back, and uh, we will we'll get a winner for Dad Tuesday, and we'll get the letter of the day for the Word of the Week prize. Wrap this whole thing up. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Everything that rocks includes cool MMR swag you can wear. Available now in the MMR Rock Shop. Like t-shirts, hoodies, and tank tops. With designs from retro MMR logos to the latest from the Preston and Steve Show branded hats and tops. For guys and gals, all with the MMR attitude you expect. Plus a few things to keep your pie hole happy, like coffee mugs and masks. Search the word shop at WMMR.com and get shopping. Stuff for you, gifts for them. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks your wardrobe. We're doing it this weekend. It's called the Booper Bowl Weekend. (laughs) That's right. Uh, And actually, what's really, really cool is leading up to this, Medicine Midnight, the new album, comes out midnight on Friday. So that means like Thursday night into Friday morning. Thursday night at midnight, which is, it's weird when you say that because you got to explain this. Listen Thursday night because Brent Porsche and Jackie Bam Bam are going to track through the entire album. going to play the whole thing on the air. That's pretty cool. Right after yeah. it's released. So yeah, I'm excited about that. And then that will lead into the Fupa Bowl weekend and we're going to have blocks every hour of Foo Fighters. And your chance to win the new album via digital download. And then there's going to be a special halftime show on Sunday at 6 p.m. So it'll be an hour of the best live Foo Fighters, which is a cool little way to wrap that whole thing up. So that's coming up this weekend. Mystery Caller. We're going to a Mystery Caller, I believe. Uh, Hi, Mystery Caller. What's your name? 
Matt Trevino. Ah, Matt, how you doing today, man? Great. How are you guys doing? Good. You staying warm? Oh, I'm not there. I'm just out there shoveling snow, so uh, sort of. Well, I think you've earned your, uh, well, I think you earned something. What did we give you? I don't know what we got. <laughs> Do you want me to say it? You want me to say it. Matt, hey. we got 500 bucks for you, my man. We got a winner. Your mic's not on PS. Sorry. Yeah, nice job, dude, with uh, no sad dough. Congratulations. Where are you from, Matt? I'm from Cherry Hill. All right. Did you take a break from the uh, take a break from the shovel in the driveway to come in and win this money, or did you get everything done? It, no, it was like right in the middle. I had to take a break. All right. Fair enough. Well, then, you know what? Pay somebody else to go finish it yes, for you. Yes, you can do that now. Did you hear your phone ringing? <laughs> All right, bud. Thanks a lot, and uh, congratulations to you, Matt. We are going to take care of you with $500. No sad dough is what we're talking, friends. $500 richer. And we got another winner. It's Woo. a beautiful thing. What were you asking him? Well, I was going to ask him if he was out shoveling, if he heard his phone ringing. Yes, depending so. on the, the you know the way he was shoveling, or if he was using mechanical equipment, or if he was shoveling by hand. Um, it, it it's conceivable that you know if you're wearing extra clothing or something, you might not even hear the phone ring. It's a good point. Um, uh, maybe he's got it on vibrate. So I was just curious as mm. to exactly when the call came in from Beasley Mission Control. We may never know the answer. Uh, to it's that. a mystery, and I it won't is. be able to sleep tonight. I'm sorry about that, man. Uh, it's uh, it's okay. I'll get over it. Ask your next winner because you got some coming up today. I do at ten o'clock at twelve o'clock <laughs> and two o'clock. <laughs> 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 Uh, I, I I am sharp as a snowflake. I know you are. Hey, snowflake, <laughs> let's let's do the letter first, and then we'll see what's up in your world. You ready? I love it when he calls me snowflake. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, and the Preston and Steve Show brought to you today by the letter... A as in attitude. All right, and we have a three-night stay at Icona Resorts, and you can surprise your special someone with a romantic getaway to Icona Avalon Resort. Uh, the Wine and Dine and Unwine package, available through the end of March, or the Valentine's Weekend package. And both include a three-course dinner for two and a bottle of wine as well to enhance your stay. You can learn more at IconaAvalon.com. Now, a question, Pierre, about getting into work on, on days like this. You live, if I, I haven't been to your house in a long, 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 long time. It's, you got a pretty steep hill to get down to your I area, do. right? I do. Okay. Um, uh, and it's, I mean, well, it's not. Well, it, it if in <laughs> you need a you only need four wheel all wheel drive in this area. I think I would argue five to six days a, a year. Right. But on those days, for me, I, I absolutely need it. So um, my vehicle, when I got it, didn't come with all wheel drive. They do now. They do now. Um, I, I and maybe it's time. Yes. But um, but. Did Pancake come pick you up at work at no, home No, Pancake this stuck in an uh, accident. The 95 was closed. Yeah. Really? So he got oh, stuck in it. Yeah. Wow. Pancake okay. is uh, still out on the uh, open roads. Uh, um, but he uh, has got his bow and arrow, so he'll be okay. <laughs> um, he'll, <laughs> should, he, yeah. should he need, should he need to no. uh, fend for yeah. himself yeah. and, and getting towed? Well, to attack There's, a deli owner. Right. Got a lot of roadkill out there. Okay. 
Um, so um, what he so he's got that for breakfast. So he'll be covered. But yeah, that's good. But how about you? Where was I? Oh, uh, you're talking about four wheel drive yes. and blah blah blah. So I we both uh, uh, um, prevailed on the kindness of Eric Simon from our promotion department and are driving the Chevy Tahoes. Gotcha. Okay. So you borrowed the vehicle. Yeah, they're small tanks. Yeah. It's in fact I I. I just I was driving all around last night. I was having so much fun just driving. There was no one on the road, right? And the thing is, a tank, nothing stops it. Yeah. And and you know, I mean, not driving recklessly, but just driving slowly along and stuff that would would slay my uh, regular vehicle or any two wheel drive vehicle, even some all wheel drive vehicles. It just was like. Nothing is bothering me. I'll just go wherever you want me to go, Pierre. I go, oh, good. Let's keep going. So uh, we we had a lot of fun. All right. So yep, made it in, no problems in. Yes. Good well, you. I mean, but it's there's the the secondary roads are still yeah, a mess. Are a be- really a mess. Yeah, really a mess. And uh, they, you know, there's lots of slipping and sliding. So the old saying, if you don't have to go out, um, you know, stay in and um, cover up and um, listen to the radio. Yeah, yeah, great. Uh, what's up on the show today? Well, we'll celebrate Graham Nash's birthday, one of the coolest cats uh, I have ever known in rock world. And uh, we will do a block of uh, his contributions to CSNY. Uh, we'll do STP. And uh, just to make it a letter kind of a day, we'll do REM. Ooh. So CSN, STP, REM. I like it. Yeah. I love it, love it, love it. All right, and, uh, of course, he's got no sad dough coming up a couple of times. Hey, we're not done with giving stuff away. Today is Tuesday, which means we got a $350 gift certificate to Floating World Tattoo and Piercing that we are going to give to Dennis Mallon of Bordentown, yeah. New Jersey. Congratulations Woo-hoo. to you, Dennis. You get a Preston and Steve Tattoo. From Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. They're located at 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. For artwork samples, you can visit floatingworldtattoos.com and they're on Instagram at Floating World Tattoos. Thank you to the sponsors of our program, The President Steve Show, brought to you today by Acme Markets, fresh foods and local flavors. Tomorrow on our program, I didn't even thank our guests. Thank you to uh, Derek Del uh, Guadio. Del Guadio's in and of itself. Uh, very cool show on Hulu. If you haven't seen it, it's not a series. It's a one-man show, stage show. Check it out, and that's all you need to know. Uh, Fox Good Day tomorrow. Uh, Joe Mattarese is checking uh, Good old Joe Mattarese. Joe in a while, so we'll spend some time with him. We'll do some other things. That is it. We are done. Rage on and have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs> The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You, Help You line. We are the Smoke Factory Barbecue, located in the borough of Telford, Montgomery County. We opened our restaurant in September in the middle of the pandemic. We offer traditional barbecue, but our talented chefs also add a creative twist to elevate the experience. We are a BYOB family-friendly establishment. Check us out at the website, thesmokefactorybbq.com, or look us up on Facebook or Instagram, where daily specials are always posted. Thank you from all of us at the Smoke Factory Barbecue in Telford. Next message. Hey, it's your pals at Creative Autos down the beautiful Langhorn, 1939 East Lincoln Highway. If your speakers are slapping or you want your trunk of rattling, come to the shop that's been doing car audio and electronics for over 40 years. 267-569-1104. Tell us WMMR sent you. 
the Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonAndSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less.